Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. We on a ultralight beam. We on a ultralight beam. This is a God dream. This is a God dream. This is everything. Everything. I'm trying to keep my faith. Uh, welcome to Royals Free Radio. It is uh, your usual co-host Sean Duker here, without my usual co-host uh, Matthew uh, Lamar. Uh, joining me tonight on this non-baseball related, non-baseball related episode, I've got the one Josh Ward. Josh. Hey, how's it going? From the mental ward. And then uh, joining alongside Josh is our other favorite, Josh. Uh, Josh uh, Dugan, or Old Man Dugan. What's going on? Oh, nothing much. Yeah? Still, is it hot in L.A.? Uh, it was kind of warm today. It's, I mean, it's the sun just set, so. How's the weather in Georgia, uh, Ward? Uh, we're in the midst of Savannah's four-week winter, so. Oh, cool. But what's it's, it down to, uh, 45, 50? No, I mean, it gets down to the, the mid-teens fairly consistently now. Okay. O- overnight's actually pretty rough, but uh, pretty rough. During, during the day it gets back up to, like, the low 30s, mid-40s. Okay. Um, so on today's docket, the agenda for today, uh, if you've tuned in to listen to baseball-related things, unfortunately this is not going to be your podcast. Um, we're going to talk about Oscars. We're gonna, we'll do a quick little baseball thing, but... Mostly everything today is going to be about movies and film. Well, obviously not movies and film, uh, film and maybe some TV, just kind of pop culture in general seems like what we're going to go with. Uh, so go ahead and turn off the you know podcast right now. That's not what you care about. But if you do want to hear about that, you've got uh, two great guys to talk about here with me. I'm not one of those great guys. I, both the Joshes are. Uh, both of them, in case you aren't familiar with, they are both in a film-related capacity. Uh, fellas... For those of you that, for the listeners who maybe don't know this, let's do a little bit of better know a, um, an author. Uh, Ward, why don't you go first? Tell us a little bit about how you're connected to film. Um, I, I graduated with a degree in film and media from UMKC, and I am currently working on a graduate degree in cinema studies at uh, the Savannah College of Art and Design. And, and I uh, tend to get a PhD in film. So can we call you like Doctor Film or something like that, or no? Um, no? Not yet. Anyway, pre Doctor would be cool. Yeah, pre Doctor. Pre Doctor. Okay. How about you, uh, Duke? Uh, so I minored in film studies in college because majoring in it at that point would have been stupid because it was all theory. Uh, I went to Minnesota, then I moved to Austin, where I put off doing what I should have done when I graduated from college uh, for 11 years 
Um, and then uh, I finally moved to L.A. to try to get into the industry last year. So I've been working as like a PA on stuff, uh, like entry level, entry level menial tasks. But uh, the end goal is to try to be try to write for the screen in some capacity. Okay, so if you guys didn't notice, they both got pretty good backgrounds. I'm nowhere close to that, so I'm probably just going to be your host more than your uh, keynote speaker uh, overall here. So, guys. Um, since this is Oscar related, let's dive right in here. Um, we'll split it up with a couple different things, but let's just go right away. Uh, nominations came out. Uh, we'll just look at best director or best picture. Um, for those unfamiliar, the is there a max? There, what's it? Ten? Is it ten? Is the most that can be? 10 yeah, ten is the most of the best picture nominees. Since Does that happen? They expanded yeah. the field since two thousand eight or so. Does that ever happen? Ten? Yeah. Uh, it's um, happened a couple yeah. times, I think, but it hasn't happened the last two years, at least. Because it's eight. Right. I count eight for this time. Yeah, and it was eight last year, too. What's So it's, what are you guys' favorite films of the best of the nominated Best Pictures? What do you guys like the most? You're number one. Of the nominees? Of just the nominees, yeah. Uh, honestly, probably Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. I'd go with, I'd go with that, too, I think. Okay. The Revenant's great, uh, and I loved Spotlight. Like, I wouldn't be pissed if any of those three won, but uh, I think Mad Max is probably the best of the three. Room is a really good story. Room's Uh, fantastic. Uh, Brie Larson will win easily. Um, There's there's no... They may as well not have any nominees other than her. Um, She was great. uh, And I wouldn't be surprised if that won Best Adapted Screenplay, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you guys see uh, going up against uh, Brie Larson? Is um, didn't Jim, Jennifer Lawrence has won it like several times, Best Actress, or maybe she's won it twice. twice. Did you guys see Joy? Joy was not good. I, I turned Joy off. I was so unjoyed by it. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I love David O. Russell, but I the reviews turned me off of that pretty quick. I mean, I'll I'm, I'll see it. I'm not particularly high on David O. Russell. Yeah, and so I didn't. Uh, bother with it because Silver Linings Playbook was was pretty all right, but uh, American Hustle was kind of flat for me. Outside but the fighter of was stuff. awesome. I heard a Hawk the fighter was, was good. Yeah, and uh, um, but Three Kings is amazing. Yeah, I just watched that. I just saw that a couple like two months ago. That was pretty good. Uh, I, guess I guess I should say recent David O. Russell has been flat for me, more or less. I think the best character in that in that movie was Spike Jones. I love Spike oh, yeah. Jones in that. Yeah, that that what would you be doing if you're at home scene where he just starts like shooting up the stuffed animals on the like burned out car? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. good in that, and I like the stuff that he's. TX, like I know he's in Wolf of Wall Street. He's in that. What else is? Let me see. What else has he been in? Spike Jones. Spike Jones as an actor. He was in Moneyball. Oh yeah, he played um, the husband. He plays in the Moneyball. husband. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he was, of course, Richard Cuffet in the Praise You video. Oh, yeah. He's in Her. Wait, no. He directed Her. I'm sorry. He's in, uh, yeah. well, oh, yeah. He did a bunch of music videos. He's done short films. I want to, where's your acting? Huh. He's, he is the, he's the character Richard Cuffet in the video for Praise You. So, he, oh, yeah. and yeah, that video is amazing. Let me see Spike Jones. Anyways, I really like him, uh, in that role. So, He's been on an episode of Girls, I know that. Oh, yeah, he played... 
like the publisher. No, not the publisher. What what's his role in Girls? Uh, he plays the- Marcos. The uh... oh, what was that guy's job? I don't yeah, remember. I thought he was. In, I, I think I'm oh. with you. Okay, because I think the publisher you're thinking of was John Cameron Mitchell, who was Hedwig. He was like a gay guy. He was gay. Yeah, yeah. that's Hedwig. He okay. he was Hedwig in the Angry Inch. He directed that. And oh, okay. Wrote the original play. Um, he also directed uh, Short Bus. Oh, he was in Todd Margaret. I remember him in Todd Margaret. That was good. Uh, Moneyball. Yeah. Okay. He's been in a couple of things. Makes sense. Okay. Um, and speaking of girls, have you guys watched Girls? Have you seen all the episodes? Anybody? Well, it premieres tonight, doesn't it? Oh, or is that next week? Oh, Girls. Let's see. Girls premieres. The new season premieres this week or next week. Episode 1, February 21st. So, yeah, next week. Next Sunday. I haven't seen episode, but I've seen most of it. You know, I'm not a film critic at all or a movie critic, and you guys can definitely call me out if this is way off base. I feel like you're supposed to feel sympathy for Lena Dunham, Leah Dunham's character, but I find it really hard to like care about anything she does, mainly because she complains about how hard her life is a lot. But like, doesn't you know she like quits the one job that's really great for her? She oh, goes, I don't think you're supposed to feel bad for her necessarily. Oh, really? I think she's like, no, I think she's very, very flawed, and the character is written that way for a reason. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't think you're supposed to necessarily feel bad for them. I think they're just supposed to be sort of, you know real and there. Hmm. Right. It just seems like she complains a lot. Sympathy. Sympathy is not a thing that I would think that the character is aiming for. Huh. Because she quits Ira, the Ira Writer's Workshop, which is... Like, yeah, she, I mean, she every time she has a chance, she she blows it up. She blows it, yeah. yeah. Okay. She shoots herself in the foot. Did you guys yeah. see Paper Tables, Paper cut? She had... Lena Dunham had a, a film before, Girls. Tiny Furniture? Tiny Furniture. I, paper I, I haven't seen it. Okay. It, it wasn't that good. I remember we watched it one night. It was on HBO, and I was just thinking of that. Okay. Um, so best picture we've kind of covered uh, for a bit, but let's let's go back. So you guys saw Spotlight. I really like Spotlight. Um, I didn't really initially kind of in my life. I've never been a big Mark Ruffalo fan, but – Oh, I love Ruffalo. He was, yeah, he was good in that, and he was really good in um, – for the not for the children. Um, what's the movie that he was in with uh, – what's her name with the red hair? Dang it. I'll find it. Annette Benning and Julianne Moore? Yeah, Julianne Moore. Uh, it's about it's, um, the children. Or the kids stay in the picture. Kids stay in the picture? The no, kids, the no, 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 no. Stay... It's, it's the Who song. It's uh, The kids are all right. The kids are all right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, he was really great in that. I mean, I didn't care about him in the Hulk, but... Um, so you guys, are you guys Ruffalo fans at all? Yeah, I loved it. it. Like, you can count on me. That pretty much sealed the deal for me, for him. Like, I'm a big fan I'm, of I'm the always last... on board. I'm a big fan of The Last Castle. So, oh yeah, little Robert Redford. Okay, Robert Redford and uh, Mark Ruffalo and James Gandolfini. Yeah, Gandolfini in a, with that weird, really, twist. really low budget Tony Scott picture. I thought that I've seen, I've seen every of the nominees but uh, Bridge of Spies. And I just saw Bridge of Spies. Not like I think I've mentioned on the Rubblings. Yeah, it was just a just a totally safe movie, and she kind of. Kind of seems like that's what Spielberg's doing nowadays. Just movies that are just going to make money and phoning it in, kind of. Yeah. As a uh, as a plug for SCAD, I actually saw half of the nominees at the film festival last year. Oh, nice. Did you guys see Brooklyn? I haven't seen Brooklyn, but Brooklyn's I, really good. That's what I hear. I hear it's really really yeah. good. Um, but it reminds me a bit of The Immigrant. Is it near that at all? Did you guys see The Immigrant? With- I didn't see The Immigrant, but I don't. I can't imagine there. I mean, this one's written by Nick Hornby. 
Um, right. So, I mean, I would imagine that they're covering different ground. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've seen any Nick Hornby stuff. Uh, well, oh, he wrote he wrote what? High Fidelity, the book. Oh, okay. He wrote uh, about and a boy. And also Fever Pitch, the book. Yeah, Fever Pitch, the book. The, the soccer. Not the soccer one. No. Yeah. Okay. I'm the thinking football of, one. I'm thinking of the, the Jimmy... Uh, well, that was that was they yeah. basically repurposed that for America with a baseball <laughs> through line. It didn't. You don't think it went over so well? No, oh, okay. it's a terrible. It's a it's a very uh, Barely Brothers movie. Just heads up. Uh, yeah, like anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> Big Short. I was a big fan of the Big Short. Obviously, since yeah, that was awesome. Related. Um, I thought that was yeah really funny. Uh, War. Did you see that one? Did you like it? Uh, the Big Short? No, I have not seen that one. Any interest? That, that and uh, Bridge of Spies are the two that I haven't seen. So, um, Ward, or not Ward, uh, Dugan, what do you think about, because that's kind of Adam McKay's real first move into more kind of drama, serious kind of stuff. Do you think he did well kind of in that transition? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I wasn't expecting him not to be, not to like be able to pull it off. You know, the other guys is largely about the same subject matter. Um so I mean, with yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it, I think it worked really well, and I think they kind of found like inventive ways to take to like insert exposition, yeah. To especially since there's a lot of like you know jargon, yeah. That definitely. that's otherwise like I mean, most people don't know what half of the shit that they're talking about is. So, yeah. Uh, I think they found very interesting ways to actually make that stuff work. Yeah, and I was going to say, because that's one thing that I know that listening to kind of, um, you know, interviews with McKay, and they did a roundtable, all the best director, or all the direct best director nominees all did a roundtable for, I forget what, it, the Hollywood Reporter, I think is what it was. Um, uh-huh. And he, yeah, he said he tried really hard. Do you feel like leaving the theater, you understood it as someone who, you know, I, I don't know what your familiarity with that, what the credit crisis was, but do you feel like you understood it a bit as you left the theater do you think it came across well the way that they did it yeah no i thought i totally understood it okay um yeah i i mean it all made perfect sense to me but. okay so ward you said you like mad max uh what's your favorite thing about mad max what kind of stuck out with you on that uh well one that mad max isn't the main character of his own film um there's a to be somewhat academic about it there's a uh, there's a very interesting dialogue going on in the movie about uh, social structures and how it relates to gender identity and also just kind of perception of, of gender. And so there's that kind of big complicated thing going on. Um, but outside of that, I mean, the cinematography in that film is just so ridiculously good yeah do you think that do you think that kind of your education are you able to sit down and like watch a film and just enjoy it or do you feel like you know now it's kind of ingrained that you have to break it down and care you know care about shot by shot you can't just sit back and be like hey man this movie is just badass um I mean I went and saw Deadpool like two days ago yeah (laughs) same here (laughs) uh, but it's also really good (laughs) and it also actually has some really interesting discussion things going on in it so okay i mean to an extent yeah like i mean what's that film congo like the the monkey movie yeah yeah the uh poorly adapted michael Crichton novel right like i will watch that movie anytime 
like night or day because it is. Oh God, it's so so, so historically just like completely awful that I find it very humorous and amusing. It's one of my favorite movies, even though it's so terrible. Because of how good um, um, uh, Tim Curry is in it, or uh, Tim Curry has part, but it's mostly Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson, yep. Um, well, and the person as the person in the monkey suit, right? Playing Amy. Oh, playing Amy. Uh-huh. That is just it's. I don't. I don't know who they thought they were fooling. And also, it's got a uh, a cameo from Adewale Akina Uye Agbaje, who <laughs> is, played Mister Echo on Lost. Oh, nice! So, what was his name again? Uh, Adewale Akina Uye Agbaje. Okay, if you say so. He's a, yeah, he's pretty awesome. Let's so, see. I mean, to an extent, yeah. Like Pacific Rim, I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, even though it's you know got flaws and shit, but like. There, it's it's a it's a lot harder for me to sit down and watch Michael Bay movies, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, without being, you know, overly critical for their, you know, kind of jingoistic propaganda, or they're just <laughs> downright. Did you see? Uh, did you see what's the Pain and Gain? Pain and Gain was awesome. Yeah, Pain and Gain. Pain and awesome. Gain is is uh, surprisingly uh, self aware. Yeah. Oh definitely. yeah. For a Michael Bay film. And uh, Pain and Gain is yeah, it's it's pretty good. There's actually, it's kind of funny because um, I was having a conversation and with uh, my friend Jason, who I do a film podcast with, and um, we started comparing Michael Bay to Nickelback, um, in the fact that he knows they know that they're bad because Nickelback went on the Conan O'Brien show and made fun of themselves and even did like a sketch for the the Grammys like two or three years ago um and so they're consciously aware that like what they produce isn't like critically well received um but they do it anyway hmm. and so yeah. pain and gain it kind of has that conversation going on in it where michael bay's like yeah i get it but like I could be good if I wanted to be, but yeah. I'm not. Huh. I really... So. My favorite part of Pain and Gain was like an hour and a half into it. It just... They cut to like the black screen and says, oh yeah, by the way, this shit is still real. Like, we're not kidding. This is still... Everything we've said so far is still happening. I thought that yeah. was awesome. Um, speaking of Ernie Hudson, real quick, what's your guys' favorite Ernie Hudson movie? Because mine is Airheads. Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't take go. No, no, no. You skip. Yes. No, no, no. Got to be something other than Ghostbusters. That's too. That's too. Too obvious. You said, "What's your favorite Ernie Hudson movie?" Right, the clear answer on. to this is Ghostbusters. Oh. I mean, like probably Congo. That's that's what I was thinking. Congo. Okay. Like he plays. He plays a British and/or South African, right? With, you know, a really high society English accent. That like smoke cigars. <laughs> just, like, yeah, he's really great in Grace and Frankie. Oh yeah, is that? He's really good in it. That show's awesome. That's what I've heard. Uh, it's a Netflix show. For those unfamiliar, it's a Netflix show, right? Yeah, Netflix? yeah, yeah with Netflix. with uh, Waterston, yeah. Waterston Sheen, Fonda, and Tomlin. Okay, um, so let's see The Martian. Do you guys see The Martian? 
Yeah. Yep. I love The Martian, personally. Uh, I was surprised that, to like it, yes. Yeah, I saw it with my girlfriend. She cried three times during in theaters. Three different parts she cried during, which I think is a lot, but um, I really like yeah. it. But what was... Uh, I feel like cinematog- you know, cinematic-wise, still Fury Road destroys the uh, the Martian. I love the oh, yeah. Martian. I love that twister shot where it's, there's the tornado on Mars. But yeah, I think, yeah. think pretty much Fury Road was just one hour and a half or whatever, two hours, just badass shots, essentially. Yeah, and so was The Revenant. I mean, both of those were. Yeah, right. yeah so let's talk about The Revenant. Uh, what was your guys' favorite part of that? What do you think stood out the most to you, at least? Um, I mean, the, the part that stands out to me, I guess, is the uh, Native American raid. The, yeah, the first raid is amazing. That yeah. those shots are crazy. I, I like. I was sitting there watching. Like, how the hell did they pull this shot off? Especially when it tracks right. the the when it tracks the uh, Pawnee that comes through on the horse. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like after being in the trees, I'm sitting there like I have no idea how they got that shot. Right. And the bear shot. And, I heard was. I mean, too. and I mean, they're doing. You know, they're do, they're using like camera tricks and stuff like to match shots yeah. together, but. Even still, but to have it be that like, seamless, right? To have that kind of continuity is is pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, because ahead. Emmanuel Lubezki is like a freaking yeah, genius, a god. Yeah. Hey, so if you, if you don't know, Emmanuel Lubezki won Best Cinematographer two years for, in for row, Birdman, for Birdman, and then for Gravity the year yeah. before. He and, basically uh, is just working with the like a great. Uh, <laughs> the great Mexican directors. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, so it was Alfonso Cuaron, and then last year yeah. was Inyaritu, in who he is working with again. And, uh, just completely, like, just ruining, like, every other cinematographer Man, by being so good. He's done, a, he's worked with Alfonso a couple times, it looks like. Um, yeah, children like he of was, men. He, yeah, uh, yeah, children, children of men is amazing. And, uh, yeah, uh, gravity. E two mama Tambien, I think he was also. Yeah, and, and that and movie's really great. The Cat in the Hat. He did Cat in the Hat too, as well. Um, he also did Birdcage. I love the Birdcage. That's a good. That, that's an underrated um, Robin Williams movie, in my opinion. But I like that one. Um, hey, so it, it seems like speaking kind of back to the Revenant, those kind of shots. It seems like. Um, Alejandro always because I've seen Beautiful I've seen Birdman and I've seen The Revenant only three of I haven't seen Babel he did Babel right I haven't seen yeah he did Babel and he did Amos Peros he did uh, 21 Grams yeah 21 Grams that's the other one I haven't seen the early ones the early ones uh, he was doing were all uh, written by um, oh god why can't I think of his name love this guy Um, the those ones 21 Grams and the like yeah uh, Guillermo uh, Ariaga. Yeah, Ariaga. Ariaga. Um, he also wrote. Uh, he wrote three burials. Three burials of Melchiorre Estrada, yep. which right. uh, Tommy Lee Jones directed, and that movie's amazing too. Okay, I haven't heard of that one. Um, oh, it's got a little Barry Pepper in it too. I love Barry Pepper. So, with Revenant and Birdman, it seems like a lot of those. And is this kind of a thing that he does kind of throughout all of his films? Is those kind of Long tracking shots, or is it kind of maybe just specific to these two films? I, I mean, Birdman. Well, I mean, Children thing, of Men. Uh, the tracking shot in Children of Men is yeah. Okay. There's a uh, oh yeah, the intro. There, the, 
The first scene no, the, the end, children are in. The Isn't climax it? of the movie. Well, yeah. The intro, the intro sequence when he goes through the coffee shop is right. also a tracking yeah. shot, but the uh, ending kind of gunfight sequence and then into the water. Oh, yeah. Is that... It's, is, it's like a 12-minute shot. When the yeah, car gets, like, stuck in the mud, that was... I love that part, too. That was kind of cool. That's right. Well, if it goes down? through the bus and it... Yeah, yeah it's the whole... Oh, no, the, no, no, the That end. whole shot is amazing at the through end. the apartment complex and everything. That's right. Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, Lubeski really cranked it up, like, for Birdman, because... Because it was basically entire, a movie of that. The entire film is essentially one shot, but... Um, the Revenant isn't, but it's also still very kind of stylistically driven that way, where yes. there's very long sequences. So when does what is the delineation between a director and a cinematographer come in? I mean, it kind of sounds like you know when you think of Birdman or you or think of The Revenant, all the credit you know for for us myself and people kind of like me who don't really know all this stuff. Feels like all of that goes with the director, but it sounds like Lebeski had a hand in a lot of it. You know, well, they're working like they're basically working together on it to right. like to this is obviously it's the director's vision, but like the the DP, the director of photography, is the one who it's like okay, well, this is how we have to do this. Okay. Um, you know, right. he actually has to realize the shots, so it kind of trickles. So I mean, right. it, it's so we're always revolving around the director's vision. Essentially, it's not really necessarily. Yeah. The cinematographer, because when you think of like Wally Pfister and Christopher Nolan, I love the shots that Pfister has, but it's kind of like okay, it, but it's still kind of Nolan's idea for stuff. Yeah, okay. I mean yeah. you have to you have to think of it like the director. Director is yeah. basically the showrunner, right? But and the, the, cinema, the DP the cinematogra- is essentially runs, the director of a TV TV show, right? So he's in, so he'll work in collaboration. Sometimes in collaboration. I don't want to say every time. Yeah. But he's essentially running the game plan that he develops with the director. So it's like, or if you're doing a football analogy, it'd be head coach, and then he's like the offensive coordinator. Right. So what makes a DP able to just make that transition into a director? Is it pretty uh, seamless? I don't know that they often do it. Really? Okay. I, I mean, it's like, a different skill yeah, set because yeah, the I mean, director's having to the director's having to give direction to the actors. Um, you know, the d- director of photography is you know much more like nuts and bolts. This is how we're going to shoot this. Lenses, you know, it's like the cho- yeah, the lenses, the choreography of the like camera blocking. work. Yeah. Okay. Like it's all the it's all it's all the really sort of it's the technical aspect technical of it. Aspects and, of film and, and like I mean Lubeski. Lubeski is like one of maybe four like DPs that you can think of off the top of your head. Yeah, but part of it is because he's literally about to win possibly three Oscars in a row for cinematography. Okay. So like, yeah. Um, but like, uh, I mean, I've read in interviews where it was it was Lubeski's idea to shoot the revenant entirely with natural light but obviously that's something that has to come at the behest of the director because he's the one who's actually running the film yeah and so and you guys mentioned the kind of technical aspect of it and 
I think about kind of like Quentin Tarantino and Christopher Nolan who are both big advocates of wanting to continue film rather than moving into digital but they're very technical savvy guys as far as you know Tarantino knows everything about lenses but that's not a common thing it sounds like it sounds like the technicality comes a lot more towards those DPs than directors who might be heavy into that kind of stuff correct wrong what what do we think yeah I mean a better way to say it would be that the director knows the director has what... a lot more that he has to worry about so the director of photography would be like would be specifically like working solely worrying solely about like how everything's going to look and the director entrusts the director of photography to realize his vision you know to an extent to to put it this way the director knows what he wants the image to look like and the DP knows how to make that work yeah holy cow so the director knows that he wants a shot to look like this, and the DP says, okay, well, then I need a 70-millimeter prime lens on this camera doing this. Like, it's all its all kind of the more um, really technical aspects. The director is more, like, big picture. Okay. Well, sorry about that. My dog stopped somebody knocking on our door. Um... Okay, and so I was just kind of thinking because you and I didn't know there was those were interchangeable words. You know, director of photography and cinematographer. I thought those were two separate roles, but those are clearly the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, and then let's see. Oh, Room. It sounds like you guys love Room. I unfortunately haven't seen it, but what Room is fantastic. Is it just Larson's acting, or is it the story and everything? No, it's 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 so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, Tremblay is great. The kid, um, yeah, he's fantastic. the The movie's really good, and despite the subject matter, like any of the tears you're shedding are like out of like this, like I don't know, like an appreciation for life and stuff. It's okay. it's really weird. Like you're definitely going to cry, but it's not because of like horrible things happening. Did you guys cry? It's like affirmation. Oh yeah, I cried like five times during the movie, <laughs> at least. But it's like uh, you know, life affirming tears. Yeah. Huh. That reminds me, for some reason, of um, there was like a Swedish film about a, a mom and dad who kept their kids like confined to their yard. Does that sound? Fam- Am I making this up? That's a real thing. It sound familiar at all? And they um, they were never introduced to dogs or cats, and you know, like planes flying overhead. They had like. The mom and dad had like things made up for that. Have you guys ever heard of that before? That movie? No, I don't. No. I'm not familiar. Okay. Well, it's another thing where someone's confined. Um, it, and so the plot of Room is essentially it's a mom and a daughter or mom and a son trapped in a room or locked in a room by what the parents or husband or something. Uh, he, he um, kidnapped her as a child, and then she ended up having his kid. Oh. Yeah. Um, and so it yeah. starts. It starts. He kidnapped you know, her when she was in the 17. room and. Yep. Okay. It's, Abducted I mean, is probably the stronger. But yeah, then he just he locked her in a soundproof shed um, that she couldn't get out of. Yep. Okay. So you know, typical you know robots punching each other kind of fair. Yeah, Michael it's, Bay directed it, right? Room. <laughs> I was just thinking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, best, let's move on to best director. Um, okay. Who do you guys like for best director? So it's Adam McKay, George Miller, 
uh, Alejandro Inarut in I can never say his last name Inuritu Inuritu uh, Lenny Abrahamson and Tom McCarthy uh, who do you guys like for that uh, and how do you even I, yeah go ahead I'd go Miller but yeah I was gonna say I think Mad I, Max is the best movie of them, right but. yeah I mean it's kind of weird you to have say to that go somebody's with either best Miller director. or Inuritu yeah is that it's a kind of weird to say that somebody's made the best movie but wasn't the best director that's just gonna say it seems like that's hand in hand that should be it maybe not best actor best picture but best director if if the director is a vision of the movie if the movie is a vision of the director it would seem that way does it happen a lot that best director wins best picture too let's let's see they generally do okay Uh, i mean it's not it's not definite anytime yeah yeah birdman and alejandro last year yeah. Uh, Twelve Years of a Slave. No, Alfonso won it for Gravity, so that one. But yeah, it, yeah, it kind of makes sense though. Did Gravity win Best Picture? No, no, uh, no. Twelve Years of Slave did. Yeah, Twelve Years of Slave did. And Steve McQueen was nominated too, but he didn't win. Yeah, and then Argo Best Picture, Ang Lee for Life of Pi. So yeah, it does look like it. It doesn't necessarily go. Oh, but the artist. But then it resets with the. I never saw the artist, but I heard nothing but good things about that as well. Uh, it's okay. Okay. Yeah, The Artist is one of those movies that was kind of... It's a forgettable movie. best picture. Yeah. It's, it's a movie that is very self-congratulatory towards Hollywood. Oh, really? so, yeah. But that was, the, that was the Oscar year in which everything was. Because that was the same right. Hugo year. Um, yeah. yeah. Midnight in Paris. How did, they, did that be... I thought The Descendants was pretty dang good from what I could... I haven't Descendants seen it since I watched it. But Artist beat out The Descendants. It beat out... I like Moneyball because it's baseball related, but even Tree of Life. I mean, Tree of Life. I thought it, I know it was split. Everybody hated Tree of Life. Everybody loved. Oh, Tree I love Tree of Life, yeah. but I love How can Malik. You? I mean, Malik's. Yeah. Have you guys seen like, Night of Cup? Night of Cups yet? Or uh, well, Waitlist isn't out, but have you seen Night of Cups? Night of Cups isn't technically theatrically released yet. Oh yeah. Um, I have so it downloaded. It's I, in my. Queue. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to. I pretty much see everything he does in the theater. So. Okay. Okay. I'm waiting for that. I, I also like, haven't seen Hateful Eight for that reason because I was waiting for 70 millimeter and I uh, just haven't gotten around to it. Well, if you want to Hateful Eight Austin, is uh, fantastic, by the way. Yeah, are you guys? I was not necessarily. It seems like is there a more popular director who doesn't get Oscar noms than uh, maybe Michael Bay, but than Quentin Tarantino? It sounds like I mean, if you think about everything he's done, has he ever won an uh, an Academy Award for anything? Um, didn't no. he win for? Best original screen? No, he was nominated. Did he win Best Director with Pulp Fiction? Actually, uh, uh, I don't think so. He won. He won Best Original Screenplay for Pulp Fiction. He was nominated for Best Director, and then nomination was... for Glorious Bastards. Yeah, and then won another screenplay again with Django. Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't. It doesn't seem like he gets much of anything. But you know, everybody love not everybody, but he's pretty. One of the most highly regarded directors, it seems like, in, in all. Of... But he I mean, also does a lot of he he does a lot of genre stuff. He, yeah, right. You know, it's like it's not like I his mean, career is catered towards trying to win Oscars. Yeah, un- right. Unlike anything that Spielberg's done in the last twenty five years. <laughs> right. I mean, it Spielberg. Is, it feels yeah. like he's just chasing Oscars with like Oscar trash. Um, yeah, and it's not good. Okay. So let's break up before we go to individual people. Um, let's do this. 
So there used to be a show, and Josh uh, Dugan and I were talking about this war before you joined us. Um, there was a show on VH1 called The World Series of Pop Culture, which I absolutely loved. Um, yeah. And one of the rounds on that was where the two contestants, they were given like an actor or right. a director, and they had to name all the films that this person was in. Back, They had to go back and forth. Yep. So I, uh, I yeah. saw this show when it moved to... Uh, very briefly to VH1, I believe it was. Okay. So I'm going to give you an actor. We'll start off really easy. I'll go harder and after. We'll play three rounds and see who gets it. I'll go, we'll go a uh, pretty easy one. We'll go with Tom Hardy. So get okay. your Tom Hardy movies up in your mind. Um, Ward, you'll start if you don't mind. And obviously there's strategy behind this. But it uh, doesn't matter what his role was in it. If It could be a cameo. It could be anything. But it can only be movies. Uh, don't you know? Band of Brothers doesn't count. That's not a movie. That was a TV okay. show. Peaky Blinders TV um, yep. has, has to be movies. So go ahead, start, and then obviously uh, Duke. Whenever you're done, whatever he's done, you're up next, and back and forth. Dark Knight Rises. Lock. Star Trek Nemesis. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Uh, let's go, Bronson. Oh, you bastard! Bronson was good, by the way. Um, Inception. Uh, The Revenant. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Um, oh, let me think. Oh, what's that dumb one where he's playing the two brothers from this year? Um, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Got yeah. Five seconds. You might need to move on to something else. I know. I'm trying to think of something else. I don't know why I'm not thinking of it. Uh, Ward, can you can you think of one other one? Yeah, it's Legend. Ah, yeah. Okay. So I think Ward wins that round. But yeah, Legend. Um, you guys forgot such hits as The Drop, which I loved. The um, Drop was awesome. I've read the book too. Warrior. Uh, Warrior is awesome. I love that movie. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Yeah, um, Sucker yeah, Punch. It's a great movie. And then his very first film, anybody can think. I remember his very small part. He was credited as Thomas Hardy. Can you think of his very first film he was in? Who directed it? Uh, well, it wasn't Michael Bay, but it was basically Michael Bay. Uh, oh, never mind. It was Ridley Scott. It was a Michael Bay movie. Oh, was it, uh, Black Hawk Down? Black Hawk Down, right. Um, Jerry Bruckheimer. Seems like there should be more. It seems like there are more movies that we missed. Yeah, there's but, a, I mean, he was in a lot. Um, yeah, there were a lot more. I mean, I don't know why I didn't think of the drop by itself. Uh, but It's all right. Okay, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Let's go Let's go Christian Bale next. Can you guys think Christian Bale could be a decent one? You guys think yeah. he's yeah. done enough? I mean, I can go forever on Christian Bale, though. Okay, here we go. Uh, so, uh, Duke, you can go ahead and go first. Let me get – oh, give me one moment. Let me get all of his movies pulled up. Can here. we just, for the sake of time, can we just go ahead and grant all of the Batman films? Yes, you cannot yes. do – yeah. Yeah, let's let's make that a rule. If he was in a multiple, if there's multiple versions of this Batman or any Superman or any kind of stuff like that, yeah, you can only use it once. Uh, okay, so go ahead, uh, Dugan. Uh, Empire of the Sun. Um, the Machinist. Uh, oh shit! I'll just uh, Velvet Goldmine. Uh, American Hustle. Laurel Canyon. Um, American Psycho. 
Terminator Salvation. <laughs> um, 310 to Yuma. Oh, man, I totally forgot about that. Um... I can't think of it. Now I'm thinking of 310 Yuma, which... Um, oh, there's so many. Yeah, uh, it's... Fuck, the goddamn Werner Herzog Rescue Dawn. Rescue Dawn. Uh, the Prestige... Dugan? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh man, we got to get a timer here. Yeah, I, I'm I'm blank. I'm drawing a blank. Okay. I keep thinking of the assassination of Jesse James by the uh, coward Robert Ford, which he's not in. Yeah. Okay, Ward, you can um, you name one more? Well, I mean the Big Short. Big Short. There you go. Oh yeah. Good job. Which he's nominated for an Oscar for. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right, well, good job. Uh, ones you guys, I think you missed. Exodus, Gods and Kings, uh, really, another release. I didn't, I didn't miss that. Okay. Out of the Furnace, which I thought was very good. Uh, oh, yeah, Out of the Furnace was good. The Fighter, which we've talked about. Public Enemies. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the New World, Equilibrium, which I think was pretty good. Rain of Fire, little Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I love oh, Rain yeah. of Fire. Uh, Rain of Fire. That's another one of those movies that's probably not very good, but I love the shit out of I it. I love it, too. It's a dragon. It's got movies of freaking dragons a, in it. It's a post-apocalyptic dragon, yeah. movie, so it's even right. better. Yeah. Can you guys, again, can you think of... The apocalypse happens and dragons come back. Can you think of his very first movie, uh, Christian Bale? It wasn't Empire of the Sun. Uh, was it Bra- No, was it uh, Pocahontas? Uh, that came after. There's, there's he, two. He did two movies right before Empire of the Sun. Um. And let me see if they were even... Well, were they Australian? Um, yeah. No, this is United States. The other one looks like it was definitely... This one was Swedish, so you wouldn't have known this one. This was Mio in the Land of Faraway. That one, I don't know. But he was in some movie called Anastasia, The Mystery of Anna. Um, anyways, he had a role in that, and that was a U.S. distributed film uh, by NBC. Huh. Anyways, so good. Good job. Good job, uh, Ward. You are the winner. Uh, of hey. this round we might play one more um, so let's move on to individual people so best actor is going to be Brian Cranston uh, Matt Damon Leo Fassbender and Eddie Redmayne um, is this finally the year that Leo wins one or still not quite uh, up to snuff for it um I mean I think so if you had a vote you would vote I could see them yeah. going with Redmayne again but yeah but I think it's Leo are they shy about doing back to back the the academy? Eh, that, no, Tom, Tom Hanks won back to back. Yeah, but Hanks is also the greatest actor of our generation. So uh, I definitely <laughs> I knew that would set you guys off. That's I the mean, point. if if only for a sheer lack of films, I would say Daniel Day Lewis. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's clearly. Yeah, he. I, I mean, I love Philip Seymour Hoffman too. But. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good luck ever. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Good luck finding Daniel Day Lewis. That guy is just about as probably off the grid as you can get at this point, yeah. um, which is sad. But yeah, I uh, mean, like see- the uh, the story is is that he called Scorsese um, to get the Parking Gangs of New York, 
like like it wasn't even like a hey like we need to go find Daniel Day-Lewis as yeah. it was like Daniel Day-Lewis called us because he heard we were doing this movie so I mean that's kind of the level of where he's at same thing with Lincoln Yeah, with <laughs> like Lincoln. he yeah. called Spielberg <laughs> as Abraham Lincoln and like <laughs> of course he did. And read one of Lincoln's speeches. Oh, jeez. Probably the Gettysburg Address. Yeah, he's out there, but he's obviously... Yeah, you know, I am just was kidding about Hanks, but I, I do think Daniel Day-Lewis, because guy's got, what, three best actors, and yep. probably could have had four. Um, seems like everything he does is just awesome. And Did he... No, it was the Bell... What, what was the very first one he won for? Uh, my Left Foot. My Left Foot. Oh, My Left Foot. Yeah, I was thinking he was in... Um, the butter. I can't. I can't think of what it was called. Dang it. Um, the diving bell. On the the diving line. bell. That's right. I was thinking he had that one. But then didn't he win one for uh, the last of the Mohicans, or did that just get nominated for it? Let's see. I think he just got nominated for that. Okay. He won for Lincoln and Gangs of New York, wasn't it? No, there will be blood. Yeah, give me. His oh blood. yeah, there will be blood. Yeah, That's which was awesome. Is uh, speaking of that, so you guys really liked Inherent Vice, didn't you? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, Okay. I liked There Will Be Blood more. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're very, very different. But no, I loved Inherent Vice. I, I really love Pension, though. He's one of my favorite. Did you movies. see Did you see Junjun? PTA's Junjun? What? So, his movie, Paul Thomas Anderson, after Inherent Vice, he did this, like, hour-long documentary called Junjun? Or Junnan, sorry. Junnan is what it was called. Um, I'm not making this up. It's about, like, an Israeli composer. Sound no, weird. I haven't. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. I heard it's pretty good. Um, but I think it's only been at a couple film festivals, so you wouldn't have it. Okay, good. yeah, it's probably making the festival circuit right now for a release this next year. Then, yeah. Anyways, but yeah, Inherent Vice was pretty good. I had to watch that like three times to kind of understand it. I felt, but um, yeah. I mean, that's like any. I mean, that's PTA. So, like, yeah, I, I didn't. Mean, I watched There Will Be Blood twice in one day to try yeah. and figure it out. But what about the master, though? I kind of was let down. I think with the master, uh, I, I really like the master, but I saw I, it in seventy mil. I also really enjoy the master, yeah. but uh, actually think that film is less dense than either Inherent Vice or There Will Be Blood. And I think I remember you guys are punch drunk love fans, right? I love I that am movie. Not. Okay, I, 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 I don't like it. What do you like so much about it? Uh, oh, I think it's just so weird for a comedy. Yeah, like such a strange tone is struck. And I, I I really love how they. I really love the way they paint his character in this like weird, uh, like every woman in his life is like trying to run him kind of way. It's almost like the sisters in the fighter, you know, where like this guy is just like run over by by all of the other people in his life. Uh, but like the, I love the the weird love scene uh, with where they're talking about how they want how he wants to like smash her face into little bits and all that. Yeah. And then the pudding cup the pudding cup thing was cool too. I, I yeah. kind of like quirky stuff, kind of like that. Okay, so so go ahead, let's do this, dudes. Rank PTA movies. What's the number okay. one? There will be blood. I'd probably go with that. Yeah. Okay. And that that took. I mean, I should time. probably 
<laughs> look this up. Yeah, go ahead, pull it. Uh, I mean, I really love Boogie Nights. Yeah. It's really, really great. Uh, so it's hard for me to not say Boogie Nights, but I think There Will Be Blood's probably better. I never saw Heart 8, um, so maybe I need to watch that before I talk too much about it. Did you, was that worthwhile, Heart 8? Well, Heart 8's ruined by the... Or was heavily edited by the studio. Oh, okay. So, I mean, if you were getting to see Sydney, the original like cut of it, maybe it would hold up, but I'm... it's. I think it's safe to say, unless you didn't like Punch Drunk Love, I think it's safe to say that would be the bottom ranked one. Didn't he? Didn't he write Boogie Nights in like high school or something, and then shot it, and then? Well, he did the he did that Dirk Diggler, uh, what Dirk Diggler the Untold Story or whatever it was, okay. like as a as like a little short. Yep. So I think I would put it probably there will be blood. Um, I like Boogie Nights. Probably so. go Magnolia next. Okay, I I don't know. I kind of Magnolia was a little too not or, weird, but eh, I maybe don't know. the master. I might actually put the master next. What, what did I miss in Magnolia? I didn't get the frog part at the end. Someone want to explain that to me? Uh, it's well, all the biblical stuff uh, sort of yeah. pretends it, doesn't it? It portends yeah. the frogs because uh, there's the someone holding up the Bible verse in the background of the or like in the audience. Um, it's I I don't know Magnolia. It is I I loved Magnolia. It's definitely over long. Um, and PTA has said Pete <laughs> on when he was on a WTF, he was talking about how you know he goes back and watches it now, and he's like, oh god, I needed to cut like an hour out of this movie. Um, yeah, but I do think it's. I mean, we I. I as far as like an homage to Nashville, I think it works really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, he said after the film's release, he said, "What I really feel is that Magnolia, Magnolia is, for better or worse, the best movie I'll ever make." So he, I don't know, seems like he at that time he really thought that he had some. Well, I mean, he just did that WTF episode like what a year ago, yeah, two years ago, and he was talking a lot about uh, how his father just died. So he's going through a lot of stuff, and he he like goes back and watches it now and sort of cringes at stuff that he wouldn't have left in there. What do you guys think makes him so great? I mean, because he writes a lot of his own stuff, doesn't he? I mean, it, it seems like he's just an all all in one kind of slam dunk for everything he does. What do you think stands out? That yeah, makes him I mean, so good at that. Uh, part of it's because he has a. Really, yeah, just cin- has a vision. Yeah, I mean, cinematographically, like, he has a very particular aesthetic, which plays really well. Um, and then story-wise, he knows how to... I get His films are very emotive, despite the fact that uh, some of them are kind of suppressed emotionally. Um, but he knows when and how to get the most out of, like, character and dialogue in scenes. I think he also, like, genuinely loves the characters. You know, like, he has an affection for the characters. Like, you know, I think there's... That's where the difference between, you know, him and some others... You know, like, the Coen brothers obviously get that knock all the time about how they don't actually like the characters that they're writing. Um, And, I mean, they're not alone. Like, I've heard the same complaints about Alexander Payne. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I, th- I think he like genuinely likes the characters. Do you guys think that if I set and I could I could do this with Tarantino? I think if if I set you guys down in a theater and showed you a movie and I didn't tell you who directed it, do you think you could pick out if it was a, a PTA movie or not? Do you think he's that identifiable in kind of the way that he shoots things? And I think so. Writes? I mean, yeah, yeah, especially I mean, with the right. I mean, just like with David O. Russell, you can tell a David O. Russell movie when you see it. Um, Although there was that weird yeah. one that just came out that was with what Jessica Biel and James Marsden. Yeah. Uh, that went de- direct-to-video that was horrible, and yeah. you're like, I don't really understand how this or where this movie came from. And it had, but, uh, what's his name in it, too? Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yeah. Yeah. From like, but it was like, wasn't it made in like 2000 or something? Then finally it was, it well, it was like six or seven years ago. Oh, okay. just like shelved it. Yeah, I mean, there's only, I mean, there's several directors that have, particular style like David Fincher is really identifiable yeah. as a director uh, the Coen brothers even I think they would be yeah pretty Michael, identifiable Michael Bay you could probably pick out a Michael Bay movie Inuritu for sure yeah I mean, and even he's not Alfonso always Quaron. writing them yeah Quaron too okay interesting there's there's a few well, okay, I mean, Steve, Steve McQueen as well like yeah Steve McQueen his... even David O. Russell like yeah they all have very particular things that they do in their films. What even um, if it's just like blocking and framing or something like that? Let's see, McQueen. Oh yeah, he did Shame. I was trying to think of what else McQueen did. Hunger. I, yeah, Hunger. That's right. Shame. He really likes those one-word movies. Okay. Um, so moving on to Best Actress doesn't seem like we really need to cover that because it sounds like Brie Larson has that wrapped up for the most part. Yeah. yeah, I would just, I would just, I don't think anyone else. I mean, I, I really liked Brooklyn a lot, and I thought Saoirse Ronan was great, but I mean, <laughs> Pre Larson carries room. Okay, right. um, like it's a film that's literally built on her performance. Yeah, yeah, and it's a really good movie. It's yeah, it's fantastic, and I mean, Kate Blanchett was great in Carol, but I mean, it, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not what it's Larson not Brie Larson in room. Like, was uh, she, and obviously she plays a big strong part, but like, is it as much as like Tom Hardy and Locke, where it's basically, I mean, that is only him, but I mean, is uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I it's, mean, it's that heavy where to it's an like, extent, yeah, she's, I mean, she's, yeah, she well, and she's, she's also sort of having to like direct Jacob Tremblay in it too. Like, if you've right. seen her interviewed, you know, she was like, her her responsibilities were having to sort of like try to subtly direct his performance also okay huh. because of the space that they're working in you know they're yeah. like the lenny abramson wasn't always able to actually like be in the room with them when they're shooting yeah. because it's such a small space yeah like they i mean they basically existed in like a four by six room yeah that's what we're calling our apartment we're just co- referring to it as room now yeah. what and he didn't really do I didn't see Frank. I'm thinking of Abramson. I haven't seen anything. Frank oh, Frank was really good. Really? It's on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. What Fast Richard Bend- did? I didn't see that yeah, one. Yeah, Fastbender's in it. It's really good. It's based on a true story, I guess. Dom Hall Gleason? But, oh, okay. Looks like a... Oh, yeah, Scoot Dom Mc- Hall Gleason, Maggie Gyllenhaal. I love Scoot McNary. That's awesome. Okay. Interesting. I haven't even... I've never even heard of that one. Looks like it's an English movie. Oh. I'm guessing Lenny Abertson is not an American person. 
Uh, well, so Frank, half of it's in the U.S. Half okay. of it takes place in the U.S. Yeah, looks mm-hmm. like it was, yep, countries Ireland and U.K., and he's from yep. Ireland, so, okay. I never heard of that one. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so it sounds like it's basically going to be Brie Larson. What has she been in? I'm, I'm thinking of stuff uh, that she's been in mainly. Well, she was in 21 Jump Street, yeah. but she was also... She's been in... She was in Short Term 12. Yeah, oh, she was in uh, United States of Terror, wasn't she? Wasn't she oh, the yeah. And Scott Pilgrim. Short Term 12 is really great. She's really great in that, too. Really? Yeah. Um, that's, the other, that's the other big, like, if you're looking to see her dramatic chops, uh, yeah. that's, that's one where she's really only, getting to... Not the only other one, but... Oh, it's got my man John Gallagher Jr.? Heck yeah. Yep. And Rami Malek, who I feel yeah. like you're a big fan of, Dugan. Yep. Because of Mr. Robot, at least. Uh-huh. And, yes. oh, yeah, Night at the Museum. You loved him in Night at the Museum, didn't you? <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> when he played King Tut or something in that. Anyways. Or, no, Achman Ra. Um, okay. I love John Gallagher. I I never realized he was a big stage or a big Broadway guy until I looked him up more. I just remember He is also uh, Aubrey Plaza's junior high boyfriend. Oh, really? I yeah. just remember him from West They went Wayne. to the same junior high together. They were like first they they were each of their first uh boyfriend girlfriend. Aubrey Plaza is one good-looking female if I may say so myself, but uh let's see. But so is Brie Larson. Okay. Um let's do let's see. So we'll we'll before we go on to the next ones, let's talk about this. So I want you guys to answer this for me because my friends and I were discussing this the other day. Um we're talking about what sport is most popular. We know it's the NFL. Um, but then we kind of debated from there on what we thought the next three were. So I'm going to do this. As a proxy for popularity, I want you guys to tell me which sport ranked the sports as far as popularity on Twitter. Who has the more Twitter followers, these sports? Uh, NFL between the big four. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL. Who do you guys think is one, two, three, and four? Uh, uh, NBA is probably one because there are fewer players. As you know, far as like, if if you're talking about players being followed, no, 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 the actual okay. official Twitter account of the the league. So NFL, oh. I'll give you NFL. It's number one. It's got 16.1 million followers. Yeah. Okay. Who's after that? Probably, probably MLB. Okay, and then next, I'm guessing MLB, MLB. was two. NBA is three. Uh, NHL four, although NHL has a huge kind of like non-US base. Let's see. So I thought I had this written down, but I didn't. So we mentioned NBA or NFL is sixteen million. Uh, let's see. MLB has five point three nine. The NBA apparently they do have a Twitter account. I've seen their damn Twitter account. There it is. Five point six three. They've got nineteen million. So I take that back. Actually, the number one is NBA with almost Weird. almost twenty million followers. And then, of course, in last place should be the NHL um, at four point three seven. So yeah, it does go NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL. Okay. I don't think I follow any of those four. No, I, I think I follow the MLB. How about uh, how about tennis? How many do you think tennis has? I mean, do they even have a governing body, really? They've got... What, uh, the ATP or whatever it is? Yeah. The WTA. I was thinking the ATP World Tour 
has 902,000. So hasn't quite broken the million mark just yet. Um, ooh, how about MLS? What do you guys think MLS has? I bet EPL has more. Than the MLS? I bet you they do. Yeah. I and bet EPL, EPL might have more than NHL. Let's see. MLS has 1.9. The Premier League... Uh, that doesn't look like the official Premier League thing. I don't think that's... Yeah, I don't think the Premier League has one. Um, which is strange, but it doesn't look like they do have one. Yeah. Oh, Premier League... No, doesn't have one. So, okay. We tried at least. Um, so let's talk about Best Supporting Actor. Uh, obviously, there's only one. I thought more people would get... Nominated from the big short, but it's only Christian Bale. Does that kind of surprise you guys that even Steve Carell, who kind of was the main character of the big short? Well, Carell, they were peddling as lead. Okay. Because wasn't he yeah. nominated for lead actor in a comedy in for the uh, Golden Globes? I think they were pushing him as lead actor. And uh, so, so, is that done by like how does that get? What, the what do you the mean, studio it? does it. Okay. The studio is the one putting forward uh, the nominations. So that's why that's why you usually see a dis, disproportionate amount of uh, Miramax or whatever a Weinstein Company uh, yeah. nominations oh, really? because they're so good at it. Yeah. Okay. So you've got Christian Bale, Tom Hardy, Mark Ruffalo, uh, Mark Rylance, and then Sylvester Stallone. Just go ahead and throw him in there, which I, a lot of people liked him, and he won. Didn't he win? He won the Golden Globe. Yeah, he won the Golden Globe. Um, I think Tom Hardy's going to win this one. Uh, mainly because, you know, it's The Revenant, and then Tom Hardy was also pretty dang good in that, even if you couldn't understand him for most of the film, what he was saying. Uh, I would say he's fourth most likely to win. So you don't even have him as number one, huh? Or even no. number two? I th- it, it, So, okay, for me, I think it's either they go Career Achievement Award, which it usually yeah. is, and that'll go to Stallone then. Okay. Um, or it'll go... I think Ruffalo's the hardest spotlight, and... I don't know where else they're going to recognize Spotlight. Uh, but I think Ruffalo's the heart of that film, and he has the, like, big emotional scene in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and he also has, like, a long, distinguished career in which he probably could have won other times and didn't. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would put him as second most likely, Bale as third, really? Hardy as fourth. I mean, if Hardy were also nominated for Mad Max, then <laughs> if it were a, if it were a, yeah. a joint nomination... And which is a thing. I mean, they do kind of, they do kind of do that sometimes. Yeah. How do they nominate somebody who's in two films and they'll nominate him for one, but it's kind of for both. Okay. That's what I was thinking is, you know, so if voters are thinking on that front, but not that necessarily Mad Max is the, is like, you know, the top of his acting reel. Um, But, uh, you know, I I could if if voters are going that way, then Hardy gets a bump up. But I I don't know. I just have a hard time seeing him getting it over over the other the other three I mentioned. So does the the movie? You think the movie? Well, obviously the movie matters. But if so, if Tom Hardy would have been nominated for Mad Max rather than The Revenant, you think he has a better chance of winning? Uh, well, I mean, he was never going to be nominated for supporting for that because okay. he's the title character. Yeah. Um, even though you could argue that he's not the lead. Um, I mean, it starts I, with him and yeah. ends with him. Uh, but, you know, it's it's certainly arguable that it's Charlize Theron who's the lead of that movie. Yeah. Right. So, Which it 
and there's... he is a a story facilitator. Yeah. He's... Yes. Okay. There's Which no way. Also, that... I mean, that's one of the things that makes that film so fascinating. To be honest with you, so there's no way that a pl- uh, an, an actor could be supported could be nominated for both best actor in one film. You know, Hardy couldn't have gotten best actor in Mad Max and then best supporting in uh, Revenant, right? They the voter ship would never allow that, or the Academy would never allow that. No, it could happen. They're yeah. separate categories. Okay. I feel like you. I, I can't think of that ever happening before, though. I well, hasn't. I think there were years in which someone was nominated for two different roles. Yeah. Okay. Um, you mentioned the Lifetime Achievement Award. I want to look up real quick and see why are my dogs barking? Um, who beat out Bruce Dern? Because I was thinking Bruce Dern. Everybody well, thought... Bruce Dern was for lead actor, though. Oh, it was. Oh, I thought it was best supporting. Okay, that's right. No, I'm pretty sure Bruce Dern was for best actor. Yeah, you're right. It was. Go coming home was his movie. He was best supporting. Okay, I thought I thought I knew he was nominated for that. Okay, who beat him out for that one then? If they were going to do, do they don't usually do like kind of a lifetime award for best actor? Maybe something like supporting they would do instead. Um, I mean they do lifetime achievement awards. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, I mean they also do like supporting sort of serves as a proxy for that a lot of times. But they wouldn't uh, so waste a lot it. of years you see like, oh, here's this old guy playing in a and supporting also, role. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also a thing when like I mean like Sylvester Stallone, yeah. for instance. He's very well known and has made several good movies that are critically well received. But for the most part he's just kind of Playing, he plays the same. He's you know Rambo Part Three. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so they'll usually throw a uh, supporting Oscar his way because they don't want to give him a lifetime achievement award. Okay. But because they, they never... don't necessarily think his career is yeah. worth it, but he should be. And rewarded. to be fair, he has won an Oscar before, yeah. so it's just yeah, not right. for acting. Okay. Right. And they wouldn't waste that on the best act. They wouldn't waste a lifetime kind of award like that, a kind of a courtesy nomination on best actor. I mean, that would go no, no. You'd, you'd have, have to, you'd have to like you. Pretty much, I can't remember the last time a best actor winner didn't win because of like because of the role. Yeah, and the same with best actors. Like I can't, I can't remember the last time that it was, you know, just sort of granted to somebody for being, for being them. Okay. Hey, so next category. Do you guys think Rachel McAdams is a good actor? I really think she's hit and miss on stuff. She's obviously nominated uh, for Best Supporting Actor for Spotlight, and I really liked her for the most part in uh, True Detective. But it just seems like, when did she become this kind of good, serious actor? I I, I remember her being in Wedding Crashers in The Notebook like two years ago, it seems like. And Mean Girls. And Mean Girls and Red Eye. Those are all all like ten years ago. Yeah, they're a decade ago, but it just seems like they were just like recent. You know, and then she was in Sherlock Holmes, and then now she's you know in uh, Southpaw, where she was. I and she now was she's in real movies. Yeah, I just wonder when you know, or most when wanted that... man. You know, she played uh, the German girl in that. So I don't know. Do you guys think she's a good actor? Uh, I like her, but I just like her in general. Like I think she's. I, I think mean, she's perfectly likable. Okay, I'd put her in terms of acting. I would put her above Kate Mara, but below Rooney Mara. You're really putting her in with the Mara sisters, huh? Yeah. In terms of like acting ability, that's your what's your what's your replacement level actor? 
Uh, like actress or actor? Either one works. Just who? Who do you think is? For, we'll go with actor. Who's your replacement level actor? Just like, hey, he's good, but not like. Well, yeah. I'm. I know. I think uh, of like Stephen Tobolesky. That's my replacement level actor. Um, I don't know. Probably like Joe Pantoliano. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, he can. <laughs> He can kind of do whatever, but he doesn't do anything, like, exceptionally well. Oh, man. And he's been in... That's uh, right. I just... I think... I mean, anytime I think of him, in, I just think He's been, been in everything from The Matrix to yeah, Bad Matrix. Boys. Yeah. So... Memento. I remember he was in that. Yeah. That's in The Fugitive. That's right. He was in He was that. also in uh, End of Day... No, that was Kevin Pollack. What was the other one? That's also a pretty good replacement level actor, by the way. Kevin Pollack. Yeah, Kevin Pollack would be... A good one. Does Kevin Pollack have an Oscar? Oh, let's look. Uh-huh. I think he does. Didn't he win Best Supporting for... Uh, yeah, for uh, The Usual Sp- Suspects, wasn't it? Uh, let's see. I don't, I don't think it was that. It was something weirder, I think. Um, Oscar... I'm no. looking him up right now. But, Dugan, who's your replacement level actor? I guess I'm wrong. Uh, I, I, I'm tr- drawing a complete blank. I was thinking of... Uh, <laughs> thinking too much of Kevin Pollock. Um, that will happen. Yeah, I I, I do that often. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I can't really think of one. I can't think of who mine would be. Okay, I don't know who mine would be. And those guys have been around for a while. I mean, Stanley Tucci's another one that comes to mind. Oh, I don't know. He's I, just he's also in spotlight. He's kind he's... of a jag, just just a guy. Yeah, yeah, because he's been in anything from like the Hunger Games. To spotlight. Right. I mean, he's in a lot, so maybe that's. He was also idea. in like Jury Duty, so like. Yeah, you talk about the Pauly Shore movie, Jury Duty. Yeah, I don't remember him. In, I, yeah, oh yeah, I guess he was. Okay, I don't know, but yeah, I guess. And it seems like that's maybe. I think because Tobolesky, he might be a character actor, so that's probably too low. That's probably below replacement yeah. level if you're a character actor. Um, but uh, Liam Hensworth would be another one. Yeah. Because I don't know if I've ever actually. Like been, oh, like that was a good performance. So much as I've been like, oh, that dude's really handsome. Yeah, but he's not like, interchangeable. You know, people will go see a Liam Hensworth movie because yeah. it's Liam Hensworth. I feel like Liam? Cha- I feel like Channing Tatum is kind of a replacement. Oh, I don't know. Channing Tatum actually has like charisma, though. Oh wait, yeah, no, Liam Hensworth does not. Like, not yeah, not at all. I don't know why I was thinking of Liam Hensworth. Nope, his brother. People will go see Chris. Yes, not, not Liam. for Liam Hensworth. Yeah. Excuse me. No, Liam. <laughs> Liam. Nobody has been like, man. I can't. Let's go check out that new Liam Hensworth flick. I think they're right. usually yeah. Okay, you're right. I'm trying to think of, yeah. Who else could be? I mean, level. Honestly, at this point, like Tom Hanks is kind of one of those. Yeah, kind of. He's not. Off. He's not really doing anything ah. new anymore. He's like Jeter. Yeah, I mean, he's coasting ah. off a road to perdition. Oh, such a good movie. That's probably the best performance of his career. To be honest. Yep. With. Road to perdition. Yeah. I'd. Yeah, I'd go there. I mean, that or Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> or big. Oh, okay. Uh, He's actually good and big, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's not in Joe versus Volcano. Yeah, I know you love uh, Forrest Gump. I know you're a big Forrest Gump fan, Dugan. But I thought he's good. Uh, so what about so? I think Philip Seymour Hoffman, and I don't know why I just stumbled upon his page as well. He's got to be like a seven, eight win actor. I mean, he's he's probably uh, I don't know. You guys think he might be one of the best of the generation, though, right? I do. Yeah. So yeah. who's the Mike Trout of acting? I mean, somebody I, who like who's young? DDL. Yeah. Or are we talking I mean, to someone young? Somebody who actually like. If we're talking someone young, that it's or on the young side of a career, yeah. you've got to be talking Tom Hardy, probably. Tom Hardy. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, he's Tom not Hardy's been probably. He hasn't been on the scene for nearly as long. Or yeah. Eddie Redmayne, maybe. Eddie Redmayne is probably crazy the about him. Ish. Whereas Tom Hardy's probably more Miguel Cabrera. Where it's like, yeah, well, maybe, he was, re- how long he was is... really he was really good when he was younger. Fastbender. But like, once Tom Hardy, like once Miguel Cabrera started hitting like his late twenties into the early thirties, really became like a monster. Whereas, Fastbender is pretty much nominated every year right now, and nominatable. You know, like yeah. he's he's pretty nails. He'd be he'd be near the top of the heap. Who? Michael Fassbender. Yeah. What about where's what's the MLB equivalent of Ryan Gosling? Um, I think probably Zach Grinky. Zach Grinky. Yeah. <laughs> Zach Grinky's probably better. I'm wearing my Grinky jersey right now. Nice. I think he's a pretty good actor. I, I really like Ryan Gosling. I I, think I really he, like Zach Grinky. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> trying to think. Of, yeah, that's a that's a pretty comp. I like that. The good comp. Should we should yeah we should do more of it. Yeah, more uh, actor comps. Well, like who's the baseball equivalent of Christian Bale, for instance? Uh, let's see. So we got first we need Bryce to describe Harper. Bale. Bryce uh, Harper, I think. Bale. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. got to describe this. Christian Bale is a phenomenal actor. Phenomenal actor. But really go also temperamental. Yeah. Uh huh. But phenomenal. Yeah. But phenomenal. But Bryce Harper's too completely young to worth it. Bale. And willing to like completely ravage his body for a role. Yeah. Who could that? I mean, be? between American and Harper, and Harper will run into a wall. Yeah, but he's too young. Right. But Harper's Harper's too new into his career. Bale's been around for twenty years. You know. That's true. Let's see. Let's look up. Rescue, Rescue Dawn, the machinist, and going from that to Batman. Right. It's insane. And going the other way on American Hustle. Right. So, who's Joey Votto? Because Bradley Cooper. You think Bradley Cooper's yeah. Joey Votto? Yep. <laughs> that's a lot of praise. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Bradley Cooper's pretty good. But nobody and he was really of- awesome in Alias. Yeah. Nobody thinks of uh, Joey Votto when they're talking about <laughs> like best hitters in a generation. Like you'll get there eventually, which is also what would happen with Bradley Cooper. Yeah. But like, I would never just start rattling off Bradley Cooper films and being like <laughs> Midnight Meat Train. That's right. the next. Uh, that's the next trivia thing we're doing. By the way, it's gonna be Wedding Bradley Crashers. No, yeah. not Wedding Crashers. Yeah, he was in Wedding Crashers. No, yeah, Wedding Crashers. Right. Yeah. Yep. He played the bad guy. I mean, um, like, yeah. Outside of uh, outside of Dan Russell films, Bradley Cooper's been in American. Well, Sniper. American Sniper, Midnight Meat Train. Uh, Don't forget that. Burnt. 
He was in Burnt. I don't know if you guys saw Burnt. He Burn. wasn't Burnt. He oh, was in, yeah. oh, Limitless. Yeah, Limitless. Silver Lion's Playbook. Uh, Aloha. Aloha was awful. Um, hey, what about Andrew McCutcheon as Christian Bale? No? Because eh. McCutcheon started off as an above-average player and now is, an all, is a superstar. I don't know. So then, who who's the um, who is um, who's the Adrian Beltre? Old, ten. I think McCutcheon would be Channing Tatum. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. Because he's totally likable. Yeah, definitely. Superstar. Yeah, superstar. Okay. So how about Adrian Beltre? Who's the old tenured? Uh, still, still classically good. Still underrated. I think people underrate Adrian Beltre. They don't realize he's a six-win player. Oh God, that guy is so good. Maybe Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but is Ruffalo well, that old though for kind of his career? I mean, he's. I was trying. He's in his forties, right? But I mean, I'm thinking like kind of career-wise though. I was thinking more like Bruce Dern. I don't know about that. That's stretching it. I mean, that's like Bruce Dern is is uh, Nolan Ryan. If we're talking maybe, that, maybe. Uh, oh, what's what about his name? Edward Norton? Uh, C.K. Lewis is that his name? C.K. Lewis, the dude from Whiplash. Oh, J.J. No, uh, J.J.K. Simmons. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. Okay, he's underrated. Yeah, I guess. I mean. J.K. Simmons has done a lot of things. Yeah. And yeah. has been pretty phenomenal in all of them. Okay. But I don't think anybody would ever say, like, yeah, J.K. Simmons. <laughs> like, Can't wait to go see that J.K. Simmons book. Oh, right. maybe, yeah. I bet it's Allison Janney. That's who it is. It's Allison Janney is, is Allison the Adrian Beltre. No. Yes. She's no, consistently no, underrated. No. Yes. She's consistently yes. underrated. And she has a shitload of Emmys, but like, you know, like you don't, you don't consider, you still don't consider her like, yeah. you know, Hall of Famer, even though she should be. Yeah, I guess that's. I mean, yeah, I guess if you said, hey, this this actress has four Emmys, or I think she has four, you know, who is this? People are like, I have no idea. I guess that that's decent enough, at least. Uh, so who I'm trying to think of who Tom Hanks would be, uh, a guy who was really great in his prime. Tom Hanks is Derek Jeter. Albert Pujols. Yeah, Pujols Jeter would make sense. Okay. Yeah, I think Pujols would be probably the. Closest. Or Ken Griffey Jr. Oh yeah, kind of kept skating by on yep. kind of legacy. Uh huh. Okay. How and about... also being awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what about Woods? Sorry, I irrationally would, uh... love Ken Griffey Jr. Would Would Shia LaBeouf be Josh Hamilton? Or Lindsay Lohan be Josh Hamilton? No, Shia LaBeouf would be like Brian Taylor. I don't. Uh, I mean, maybe. Let me put it this way: name, name a, a like really praiseworthy Shia LaBeouf film. I like Charlie him. Charlie Countryman. I, yeah. I, I Lawless. I like him in Lawless. I'll, I'll, uh, he's horrible in Lawless. I'll say he's it, the I worst part Lawless. of that movie. So forget you guys. Uh, oh man, he's oh, hey, so bad Tom in Lawless. Hardy. Christmas he's drunk. He's drunk the whole time, and he's sweating liquor, like out of his pores the entire movie. I actually like Shia LaBeouf, 
but yeah, I do too. But I, I think know. he's likable. I, I think he's actually really good in Fury. Fury, I was gonna say he's good in Fury, and um, Crystal Skull. He was awesome in Crystal Skull. Oh, right? I hate that movie. So <laughs> I just that's a terrible. Movie, I know though. it's bad, um, but I think that's the like the point I'm making is like Shia LaBeouf has like one and a half, maybe two and a half, like good films. Holes, but he's just kind of a known actor guy so he might be like i don't know like john lackey well lackey was pretty good though kyle loesch yeah to someone that's like overrated maybe matt garza who's yeah a a well-known guy gallardo garza right kind kind of had like a really good season once maybe ubaldo jimenez yeah would be a good comp i could say that i could agree with that He's really good in Constantine. I forgot about that. Yeah. That and is true. I liked him in Disturbia. And I thought Disturbia is actually pretty good. So Const- Constantine's actually a kind of an interesting movie. I like it. So who's Joe Maurer? Who's all-star, Hall of Famer at one point, now probably you don't even want on the field anymore. You don't even want to go see his movies anymore. Mm-mm. I mean, for a while, that was Mickey Rooney. Ricky Do you mean Mickey Rourke? Yeah, sorry, Mickey Rooney. <laughs> Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney, very different. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Who doesn't love who doesn't love Andy You really think Mickey Rourke? What what was he in that you're like, man, I gotta go see that Mickey Rourke movie? He was a big deal in the eighties. But in what movie though? Nine and a half weeks. Uh right. and he, the what he was in one of the he was in the Outsiders, wasn't he? Or was it uh, Rumblefish that he was in? I think it was Rumblefish. But he and Eric yeah. Roberts were sort of a big deal in the eighties. Yeah, but they weren't like Hall like in the of mid-80s. Fame. No, like, Mickey Rourke was. Mickey Rourke. Mickey was, Rourke was. He drank really? himself out of work. Yeah. yeah. Homeboy. I never saw Homeboy. Completely destroyed his face with boxing. Like. Yeah. yeah. Really? He was on. He was on his way, and then. Yeah, he was. Every, everyone just, thought Mickey Rourke was going to be like the biggest thing ever. Um, mm-hmm. Angel Heart. Uh, the Pope of Greenwich Village is supposed to be really good. Uh, oh, he's diner too. Hmm. I just can't. Oh yeah, Heaven's Gate. I don't know what Heaven's Gate is, but it looks like it got a lot of. Well, Heaven's, Heaven's Gate, Gate was is a, one, like the biggest flop ever. Oh right? really? Oh yeah. yeah. It's one of the Michael, most famous productions in history. Yeah, Michael Cimino. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Yeah. He uh, he was coming off of the the like Deer Hunter. raging success of Deer Hunter, yeah. and then like went completely crazy. While shooting this, basically, like, yeah, it was a total like, film doubled its budget. Yeah, it was so budget. expensive. But was it as bad as uh, not Caligula? There was another movie that went Caligula is awesome. Cleopatra's kind of another one that gets that rap for kind of killing the studios. Yeah, um, Ishtar would be another one. That's what I was thinking of Ishtar. That's yeah, pretty famous for being really bad. Okay, and for costing a bunch. Yeah, also just being really expensive. Yeah, water, water world, water world. Yeah, forty seven Ronin. God, that had a huge budget. I think that right. Yeah, that's uh, also just a terrible, terrible movie. Oh, John Carter. That's right. Oh yeah, then there was that Mars Needs Moms. I remember that one. That one was one that had like the biggest animated budget of all time, and then just. But John Carter, actually, if you look at internationally, it actually did well enough to, I believe, end up in the black. 
Like, I know John Carter yeah. gets shit on because it bombed domestically. Yeah. Um, but internationally, it actually did fairly well. Yeah. And ended up, like, very, very close to getting its, you know, <laughs> right. earning its budget back. 260 budget, 280 box office. So I think you're, yeah, yeah it, it, it made it. Okay. Oh, I thought you were comparing them to uh, baseball statistics there for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the one, what was the Zach, uh, or the Jake Gyllenhaal movie that was like John Carter Prince of Persia Prince of Persia that's right that one I I never saw that one but that one looked like a piece of shit um, and they had a video game for that too I think let's see uh, what well it's based yeah. on a video game yeah are you I was gonna say like oh I didn't know that huh. Prince of Persia and, like and it's se- one of its sequels Sands of Time are like oh huh two of the most popular video games like the modern day platformer is kind of built off the back of those video games. Um, let's see, Prince of Persia. Okay, I don't know. I never heard of that one. Or maybe I've I'd never th- played it. I I haven't played video games in years, so yeah. Okay, um, it's probably for the best. Yeah. It's, it's okay. A terrible time sink, and you don't get anywhere. And they're expensive. There is that too. Yeah, I'm kind of out of... Let me do a quick search. Let's see if we can maybe get one more person in here. I'm going to look at the best wins above replacement from 2011 to 2013. Oh, Robinson Cano. Who do you guys think is the Robinson Cano? And let's let's be really racist and limited to only black and um, non-American actors. Black or non-American. I mean, he'd be Javier Bardem. No, 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 no. He'd yeah, be he's like still Ken, good. He'd be like Ken Watanabe. Oh, yeah, that's true. When was he ever that good? Uh, yeah, he's not Javier Bardem good. When was... You well, don't think he's Javier Bardem good, Robinson Cano? No. Javier Bardem... Best second baseman in No, like, I mean, uh, Javier decade. Bardem, I would put him on, like, a short list of best working actors. Yeah, he's still uh, good. Yeah. I wouldn't go that... I wouldn't go there with... Right. I wouldn't go there so with okay. Cano. I was joking about Ken Watanabe. Oh, I was thinking, like, seriously? <laughs> He was good in Inception, I guess. Last Samurai. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I was jo- I was joking with Wotanabe. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know who's. Uh, who's kind of like a. Your boy Adewale. Uh, no. Adewale Kinnaouye Agbaje. Yeah. Yep. Real, real star study. Any, any time. What about Will Smith? Maybe Edgeo Four. Nah, he's still good though. Chiwetel. Yeah. So who's the Will Smith of, of baseball then? Um, Ricky Henderson. Now nah, Ricky Henderson is was kind of good. I mean, what's Will yeah. Smith been in that's been good recently? I mean, concussion's not bad. <laughs> oh, well, I should say, I take that back. He's not bad in that movie. Yeah. Except for that accent, I cannot stand. Could not stand that. Let's see. I mean, I am legend. Yeah, he hasn't been... Man, what is his last good film? Seven Pounds was good, I thought. Yeah. 2008. Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. Didn't see that either. 2006. So it's been almost a decade since Will Smith has had something that's like, this is an awesome... Winter's Tale was terrible. Uh, After Earth. Terrible. Uh, Suicide Squad, haven't seen it, obviously, yet. Men in Black 3. Yeah, I don't know. So who would someone that was really good... Hancock? Huh? Hancock was... Hancock was good, but that's 2008. I can't think of someone who's 
was like really good. I mean, Idris Elba kind of only does one thing. Yeah. Like, Wait, are we still talking about Cano, or are we trying to come up with yeah. a baseball no, comp for let's go to Will, Smith. Will Smith? Yeah, Will Smith oh, comp. A baseball comp for Will Smith? Yeah. Well, I'll go Will Smith then. Yeah, obviously. They look alike. Yeah. Maybe the whitest guy on earth against Will Smith. Okay. I'm trying to think of... What about Justin Verlander? Would Verlander work for Smith? Well, not if you listen to the Tigers fans that were commenting on the... Uh, yeah. Is he, are you an ace? That one there? Uh, Somehow. What, like the, talking about how he was the most valuable yeah. most valuable pitcher in the second half of baseball last cool. year. Which is... Justin Verlander is the Joe Flacco of baseball. Ooh, that's a hot take. I think people will still say that Flacco's elite, though. Is he though? Don't don't I don't care about football at all. So I don't know. I, just, I mean, I don't I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, I just know that uh, Trent Dilfer is the best Ravens quarterback of all time, and that's inarguable. In if that's not a word, I don't know if that's a word, but anyway, it is inarguable. Inarguable. Uh-huh. Didn't, didn't Cordell Stewart start a couple of games for them? Could have. Who? Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, Trent Dilfer. Okay. All right. Well. We've exhausted this premise. We can maybe maybe we'll have to write an article about this. Uh, Who's the Joe Flacco of baseball? Well, or actor comps for baseball players. Uh, I bet you Grant. I bet you Grant Brisby would knock this out of the park. It's a very Grant Brisby thing, if you ask me. No. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Any uh, any Oscar related stuff you guys want to talk about? Best screenplay. Best. Uh, uh, we didn't talk about some, uh, best supporting actress. Best, oh yeah, we did because we figured. Uh, oh no, we didn't. We just I, I got to Rachel McAdams and stopped. So yeah, so best supporting actress. You've got Jennifer Jason Lee, Rooney Mara, uh, Rachel McAdams, Alicia Vikander, and Kate Winslet. Um, who do you guys think? I like Kate Winslet and Steve Jobs. I thought she was good, but I don't think she'll win it. Um, well, she won the Golden Globe. Not that that means anything. Yeah. I don't know who. I have no idea who wins. I haven't seen Danish Girl or Hateful Eight. I mean, so, so I've only seen three of the nominees. Of the yeah. three, I'd probably go. I'd, I'd either go Rooney Mara for Carol or Jennifer Jason Lee for Hateful Eight. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Rooney Mara. Sorry, that's not who it is, is it? No, you're it right. Is. Yeah, Erica Albright. That's all I'll ever remember her for is as Erica Albright. Liz Salander. Oh, yeah. That's really it. What is she? So she was in Her, Carol. I can't think of... Girl with Side Effects. Too. Side Effects. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forget. She played... She was like the bad guy, essentially. Well, one of the bad people in Side Effects. That's right. Okay. And then she's in the, the new Terrence Malick movie, Weightless, which may or may not ever come out. Well, the, yeah, there are, what, three? It says it's completed, though. Yeah. So She's that. also in uh, Pan. Oh, Ain't the Body Saints. I didn't see that one. Ain't the Body Saints. Ain't uh, them Body Hey, you know what I never did see? Did you guys ever see Before the Devil Knows You're Dead? That's, that's Yeah. Was that good? Yeah, it's great. I've always been meaning to watch that, especially since it's, it's a Philip Hoffman movie, but I just never got around. Oh, Ethan Hawke, that's right. No, it's really good. You should watch it. Is there an actor... Or an actress that, no, you hear that they're in this movie, and Ethan Hawke might be it for me. Uh, where you're like, 
I'm not going to go see this movie because this guy's in it. it means it's probably. Uh, I mean, he's in all the before, the before quad, whatever the hell it is, quadrilogy, uh, is yeah. really good. Uh, Boyhood was really good. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I mean, Reality Bites is what it is. Uh, Gattaca. <laughs> Yeah, Gattaca's good. But he's I'm in. He's about... in too much stuff that's good to not want to see it. No, no, no. But I mean, that's old stuff. Though. I mean, no. Before right. the, there are two. Two of the before movies are in the two thousands. Yeah, that's good. So that, I guess that's true. I don't know why he strikes me as somebody that he's. And Boyhood was two years ago. Yeah. Okay. He just God, I just can't stand him. Um. So he was also in uh, what is it, Sinister? I didn't see Sinister. Uh, but yeah, he was in Sinister. So who's your guys? I mean. I mean, they could have Daniel Day Lewis and Tom Hanks and you name it. Uh, Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest his soul. Well, but I mean, I think I've kind of semi gone on record that Robert Wool is not an actor that I'm particularly fond of. Right, but would that would he stop you from seeing a movie though? Um, I don't mean outright stop, but you kind of get my probably sentiment. probably not stop me from seeing it. No. What, what about Christian Slater? Oh, I love no, Christian I, Slater. I love Christian Slater, dude. Yeah. Okay. Cuffs? Are you kidding? He was a quiet man. I didn't see any of them. I have no interest in seeing a Christian Slater film in the next. Oh time. no, you should see Cuffs. Star Trek he's Six. Mr. Robot. He's awesome in Mr. Robot. Oh yeah, I know. I've watched Mr. Robot. Yeah, I've seen that. I forgot he's in that. That's right. Uh, he's in the he, West he Wing. He won. Yeah, he's in the West Wing also. Guys, we're talking about now. I, I realize these guys were good then, but I'm he just about won now. Best Supporting Actor on the Golden Globes. Yeah, he was in Mr. Robot. I forgot he was in that. That's like. Right. A month and a half ago. That's right. I forgot he was in that. But I'm talking film, though. Uh, he was in that... He was in The Office. Too. He was in that Sly, uh, Sly Stallone movie with uh, uh, Sung Kang in New Orleans. Uh, Bullet to the Head that Warren uh, or Walter Hill directed. He was mm. in that. Okay. Which was okay. Well, yeah. He was also just in um, Hot Tub Time Machine 2. So, not like he's... I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's an actor that I just... That would really solidify it. Okay. Yeah, I don't think... I, I try to avoid Julia Roberts movies because she bugs the shit out of me. I try to avoid Jennifer Garner movies. Yeah. No, but she was but that's just because The she Odd Life in... of Timothy Green, man. Yeah. And she's she was also... also... She was actually in Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, was... Dallas Buyers Club... And she's in that great flick, Alexander. But she was also in Catch and Release and Electra and Daredevil. Yeah. And, and uh, oh, what's that? Arthur. What's that fucking... Valentine's uh, Day? Footsteps or whatever with... Fucking, oh, no, uh, that's, that, no, no, Tiptoes? Yes. That, I don't think she's in that, isn't it? Just, uh, I think you're confusing her with Kate Beckinsale. Tiptoes. Kate Beckinsale's oh. Tiptoes. Yeah, I don't see Tiptoes on her filmography. Right. Tiptoes is a... Holy shit! This is a disaster. She's in you that. need to watch it. You need to watch it. Tip there's toes. no way. There's no way to describe how wrong that movie goes. See, like, you really, really need to watch it. Okay, like watch it right now. A little Gary Oldman, yeah. a little Pete, Peter Dinklage, a little Matthew McConaughey. Okay, McConaughey and Oldman. Oh are yeah, brothers, man. And Oldman's playing a dwarf. And Peter Whoa. Dinklage is in it. She, yeah, he, Oldman's and playing Dinklage, a dwarf. Yes. Oh yeah. He's playing and it's dwarf. Matthew McConaughey's brother. Holy uh-huh. shit. How do they... What? Yeah, dude. Yeah. You need to watch it. Oh, Patricia Arquette with dreadlocks? She's also a dwarf. Yeah, 
Nice. Okay. Dude. Like. You think it's. You think that's playing at my local cinema? No. No, you'll have to rent it on Amazon but, for two ninety nine, yeah. but it's worth it. No, I'll I'll, I'll torrent it. Yeah. It's so very worth it. Oh my god, this looks terrible. You need to watch it. What is this doing? Wow. Okay, Gary Oldman is a dwarf. I liked him. I liked him as a in uh, the Hannibal movie. He was he was good as a disabled handicapped person in that. Not he's been great in a lot of things. Red but, Dragon. Uh, I'm just thinking of parts when he was a handicapped person. If you can call a short person a handicapped person, which they're kind of Emmanuel to. Zorg. He's bald, I guess. Oh, from uh, Fifth, Fifth Element? Element. Yeah. I don't know why when I Google tiptoes, the next result is Dave Holmes from MTV. Does he have any? Is he in this movie? I don't think I so. Have, okay. I have no idea. Weird. Uh, Jennifer Gardner was in Dude Where's My Car as well, which is interesting. Ah, uh, there it is. So yeah, there was there was like a seven year period where Jennifer Gardner didn't produce anything that I wanted to watch. <laughs> well, she also wasn't acting in hardly anything. What about? She was just married to Ben Affleck. What about um? What's her uh, name? I I thought she was actually really good in Men, Women, and Children that came out this last yeah. year. How about or, Kat, how about Catherine Heigl? No. Oh, she, would she keep you from going to see a movie, Catherine Heigl? No. Almost, almost always. I feel like she would. Yeah. No. But she's also limited herself. She's so <laughs> impossible to work with. Yeah. Right. Uh, from everything you've ever read, yeah. she's so yeah. impossible to work with that she's just not she's, going to be she's, in yeah. anything that you'd want to see. She's being a real Veronica Lake about things. Yeah. Well, it's and it's a little bit of anti-survivorship bias where when you're only in bad movies, you kind of stereotype yourself for like, yeah, if she's in this movie and she's only been in bad movies recently, then I'm probably don't have an interest. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, what's the best movie she's been in? Not, Heigl? Knocked, knocked up. up. Knocked up. Yeah. Yeah, knocked up. Or uh, what? what Under Siege. Oh no, she was in Under Siege too. Never mind. Yeah, Dark Territory. <laughs> She plays like the the kid, right? The teenage yeah. girl. I mean I liked uh I liked Roswell. Yeah. The show. God I mean dang. wasn't she on Grey's Anatomy or something? Yeah, that I was her watch, big thing. Uh, I can't watch that show. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. Is there anybody um, is there anybody more I mean, famous I, for being I kind of irrationally star? like twenty seven dresses. So like Okay. Maybe that's part of my problem. Oh, she was in Killers, that's right. Um with Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. Is there anybody more famous for being in, in as there much There you go. Shit? Ashton Kutcher is a guy that I avoid. That would ruin it for you? Yeah. About, I don't like, think I'd avoid it just on him being in it, though. He's also a guy that's... I don't think I do. I, I don't, like, feel any animus towards him to where, like, I don't want to... I, I would, like, refuse to see a movie just on the... Just on the fact that he was in it. Okay. He's, uh... Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of those guys that kind of lived off of being in shitty movies. I mean, I can't think of anything he's been in. He he turned it into a, a mean, role on... Jobs. Was that... I don't know if... That may have jobs. actually been okay. I oh, Jobs was bad. I thought Jobs was bad. Yeah, but no, it's bad. I never saw it. And it's got it's got one of my uh, favorite guys in it, um, Josh, Josh Gad, too. I love Josh Gad, but he was... That movie was... Josh bad. Gad actually kind of bothers me. Really? Well, in some things. I think he, like, uh, what's that? Uh, He bothered me specifically in uh, the Love and Other Drugs. 
Oh, I thought he was good in that. I liked him. No, I, I didn't like the he tone. Was, he was he oh. was in a different movie than the rest of their than everybody else. Yeah, he wasn't accepted, right? No, that was or was that Jonah Hill? That's Jonah Hill. That's Jonah Hill. That's well, Jonah Hill's still kind of overweight, but that was like overweight. I mean, that was bad, Jonah Hill. Um, which by the way, he gained. I don't know if you've seen recent pictures of Jonah Hill, but he gained a whole bunch of more weight for some role that he's doing. Um, where he's like a Spanish guy now. Anyways, it's really weird. Uh, he gained over. He's now over three hundred pounds. Well over three hundred pounds now, which seems like a lot for a guy who has weight problems. Seems like you probably shouldn't take that on for a role. But oh well. Um. So, Josh, you saw a bunch of the documentaries. Tell us which one of your favorite documentaries and who you think would win. Who's going for that award? Who's going to win that award? Oh man, I I have no idea what will win. Um. If it were me, I'd go with either Cartel Land or uh, Winter on Fire. Those are both fantastic. Um, the the only one that I thought was not very good was Amy. I I thought that like paled in comparison to the other four. Um, I mean, I could see them giving it to the uh, Look of Silence. Because basically it'll be a makeup for when they didn't give uh, the Act of Killing the best documentary. So it's sort of like a because it's a companion piece to that. So I could see them giving it to it like in the same, you know, Lord of the Rings, uh, the Return of the King winning best picture. Um, I could see I could see that playing out. And best director too. Uh, I think so. Which one did Jason for? But yeah, Cartel Land was great. Uh, what happened? What happened? Miss Simone was good. Uh, three of them are on Cartel Land. What happened? Miss Simone and Winter on Fire uh, are all on Netflix. Amy's on. Uh, Amy is on Amazon Prime, and then The Look of Silence uh, isn't streaming anywhere. But uh, they're all really good, except for Amy. Okay, I. I'd I'd go with what happened, Miss Simone. I just did you see did you see the other? Uh, I saw a look of silence in Amy. Okay. Cartel Land, I didn't get around to. Cartel Land's great. Uh, I actually really it, enjoyed Amy though. So. Oh yeah, I. Uh, I don't like Amy Winehouse, so that's part of it. Yeah. That'll, yeah. That'll, hey, I I just sent you guys a photo of. Jonah Hill, I don't know if you guys can view like the chat room, which you should be able to, but in there is a photo of Jonah Hill in his new role. And man, he, oh, yeah. he got up there. Yeah, um, it looks like it. Yeah. Is he, is he playing uh is he playing John Candy in the yeah. in the in the John Candy biopic? Yeah. Well, they're they're actually making a the making of Cool Runnings. <laughs> That's meta. I mean, that's pretty meta right there. I mean, yeah. that's... I'd, I'd go watch it. I would too, but that's not going to... I can't believe that got greenlit, if that was the case. There can't be that much interest. But So who would play the who would play the, the bobsled guys? Denzel Washington would play... Um, well, I mean, you can probably get... Uh, Malik Yobo will come back. Dougie, yeah. Dougie come Fresh. Back. Dougie Fresh would probably come back. Dougie right? Doug. Yeah, oh, Dougie yeah. Doug will Doug, come sorry. back. Yeah. Malik Yoba. Um, 
Malik. Man, Yoba. why can't I think of the other ones? Uh, Raul Lewis, Mc... Rayleigh Lewis. I can't think of how he said his name. Is it McKelty Williamson? I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Leon. 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 Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's Leon. Yeah. Played, uh, yeah, Doris. Doris Yule Jr. and Senka. Oh, yeah. Man, that'd be great. A, a making of of that. I'm sure behind the scenes were riotous. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan could be probably uh, Junior. I think Wiz Khalifa could probably be Dougie Doug if Dougie Doug doesn't want to come back. <laughs> Why wouldn't Dougie Doug come back? What's he up to? Who knows? Uh, he's probably busy. You know, I mean, well, he's on he's whatever doing. new Cosby shows, like Cosby Mysteries 2.0. You know, uh, Most Def was on uh, Cosby Mysteries. Oh. As like a child actor. Uh-uh. Cosby Mysteries are really terrible, by the way. Really hard to watch. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Operation Dumbo Drop. Oh, that was a good one. Little Danny Glover. Yeah. I think this is where age is coming into the mix with the uh, Operation Dumbo Drop. That's a good one. I'm, it's obviously not, but... It's have not you seen, have, but it's, have oh, you seen Dumbo Drop, Dugan? Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't seen more than 15 minutes of it. It wasn't really very watchable What about What about the uh, a, Bill, Bill Murray counterpart, Larger Than Life? As a 16-year-old. Oh, yeah, all the the, the weird... Uh, I don't know that one. The weird slew of elephant movies that came out in the yeah. mid-90s. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen the cover of this before. I've just never... Jeremy Piven was Speed in it? it. Nice. Yeah. Jeremy it's Piven the, was uh, in every movie from 1994 the to 1997. And, uh, the Armageddon Deep Impact of yeah. elephant movies. And then, um, yeah, Deep Impact, Armageddon. No, Contact wasn't. I was thinking Contact was kind of similar, but no, it wasn't necessarily. Um... And then the Prestige. They still had that with Prestige and then whatever. The Illusionist the and illusionist. Prestige, yeah. Like, basically. Fun, fun story. Uh, I went to the movie theater to watch the Prestige. And uh, I got there and credits started rolling. And it said the, like, the Illusionist came up. And I was like, oh, is this not the movie that we came to see? And then we saw that uh, Paul Giamatti was in it. And we were like, no, like, this is the movie we wanted to see, but, like, <laughs> it's different. It doesn't have Hugh Jackman in it. Uh, and we had gotten the marketing of the two films so confused that we thought Paul Giamatti was Michael Caine. <laughs> like, was playing the Michael Caine role from The Prestige. Yeah. But he was in The Illusionist. So, that was ridiculous. Because they were both literally in theaters at the exact same time. Yeah, who did The Illusionist? Who directed that? <coughs> Neil Berger. I don't know Neil Berger. Yeah. Huh. He did Limitless and... Rufus Soul was in it? With Edward Norton? Yeah, Edward Norton. And uh, Scarlett Johansson, right? Yeah, no, 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 no Jessica no. Biel. Yeah, Scarlett Jessica. Johansson was in The Prestige. Yep. My wife uh, loves Rufus Soul. And his hey. crazy fucking eyes. Hey, you, he was in. He was uh, in a Knight's Tale. Knight's Tale. Yeah, I was thinking Knight's Tale. That's what, he plays uh, the Lord or whatever his name is in Knight's Tale. Nice. Let's see. Dark. City. I mean, he was awesome in Dark City. Dark yeah. City's like yeah, Dark, Dark City's, City's legit. Yeah. Who wrote Dark City? Uh, well, it was the Alex Proyas directed. It. Yeah, Proyas. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he he directed The Crow and uh, I Robot. 
Hey, are you guys are you are you guys going to go see his next film, Gods of Egypt? Have you heard about Gods of Egypt? Uh, I'm not going I mean, to see that. It looks I'm like not. the biggest piece of shit movie ever. <laughs> I'm just, or the biggest piece of shit movie since Exodus. I mean, yeah, of Gods yeah, and Kings, or since like Jack the Giant Killer, or I mean, even the Three Musketeers film with Mila Jovovich in it. It's all these weird like. History, like pseudo history films yeah. that have these like completely odd. Oh, are you thinking of the Joan of Arc movie, The Messenger? No, I mean, no, I actually kind of like that movie. But I'm talking about the Three Musketeers film that has like handguns and grenades in it and shit. It's Who, all... Who's the actress that's in it? You said? It's Mila Jovovich, isn't it? Jovo. Weird. I do not remember that movie yeah, at all, well, which I'm thankful exactly. for. Exactly. She's in those exactly. movies. Oh yeah, you're right. It was Three Musketeers. Got Orlando Bloom yeah. in it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Three Musketeers. It was just Big called it. the Three Musketeers. Well, so there right. has to be bows and arrows in it. Yeah. yeah. Orlando Bloom's in it. Yeah. And uh, right. oh, I like Luke Evans. Luke Evans is is decent, and uh, The Hobbit, and a couple things he's been in. Okay. Um, yeah. So. It's just these weird films that have been coming out lately yeah. that are kind of historical until they have, like, a giant metal bird in them. <laughs> and you're kind of wondering why this is happening. Well, because of Da Vinci. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, that's they, always the answer. I mean, look, <laughs> it will... Like, Hollywood still wants to make epics, basically. Yeah, but, but only on uh, only on pre-existing intellectual properties. Right. Yeah. Because they don't want, they want epi- to take the risk out of it. And epics don't sell anymore, so they have decided to make epics that are not even like somewhat historically plausible. They they may, they're making epics that are just like, eh, like the Three Musketeers existed at one point. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there wasn't a hallway of booby traps that, like, had to be traversed by, like, <laughs> sliding under invisible laser wires that yeah. didn't exist. Like, So you're not going to go see Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, it sounds like? Oh, I'm actually probably going to that. Oh. Um, I probably the, the wife wants because... to go. I was thinking she's going to drag you, or take you to it. Maybe. Yeah, no, the wife wants I, to go, so that's, I think, next on the list. Somewhat selective because I just don't have a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> so you didn't see. I probably won't see it. You didn't see but... Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter. You mean? I did. Uh, yeah. I did on TV eventually, okay. but hey, not in theaters. Still... I mean, I go to like fifty movies a year. Yeah, yeah. I only get to about thirty. So what about uh? Vin- you guys, you mentioned Da Vinci. You guys gonna go see the new Dan Brown, the new um? No. Robert Langdon film. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Is Tom that. Hanks in it? Yeah. Of course. He's back, baby. Um, no, no, never. I'll never see that. I was talking more about Hudson Hawk when I was talking about Da Vinci and Middle Heck Earth. yeah, I love Hudson Hawk. Yeah, uh, I've seen that movie like 30 Hudson times. Me too. The, I love how I love the candy. How they're all in there you go. Who's, who's the Danny Aiello of baseball? I don't know who that is. Mo Vaughn. Who's Danny Aiello? Mo Vaughn. Yeah, Mo Vaughn's a good cop. I was going to say like oh, Cliff yeah. Floyd maybe. He doesn't have to be a fat guy. It could be someone not fat. Yeah, but it's John Crook. But it helps. Yeah, John Crook would be a good one. 
Is he still alive? Don't John Crook? No, Danny Aiello. <laughs> John Crook's still alive. Yeah, John Crook just got kicked off of yeah doing baseball broadcast, which is great. But I was. Thinking- I wish it had been. I wish it had been Schilling instead. I'd rather have Crook in there. If, Who's if worse, I, Harold Reynolds to. or Kurt Schilling? Oh, oh. Reynolds. By a thousand times. No, on a broadcast? Yes. Yeah. Like an actual game broadcast. Not Yeah. Not just his weird. I MLB every time Schilling opens his mouth, I want to punch him. So I would I would go I'd rather have Reynolds, but neither neither is ideal. I'd I'd rather have uh just about anyone. And I'd definitely rather have um Jessica what's her last name? Mendoza? Yeah. Yeah, Mendoza. Yeah. yeah. She's okay. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't really. Care. I don't really care that much, except unless you're a bad broadcaster. Unless you're like Rex Hudler, then it's noticeably. I mean, then you're like, okay, I don't like this. But I don't know. Right. Not oh, everybody man. can be Vince Scully. That's one of the things I'm really looking forward to is when the Royals start losing again and everybody starts hating Rex Hudler. Yeah. Because it's gonna happen. Like he's kind of got that weird sort of like. So bad it's good. Following, going how right tempted now? are you to put money on the Royals with a line where it is? What is it? Uh, like sixteen to one. Um, sixteen to one on Bavada when I checked the other night. It was it was fourteen to one on uh, Atlantis. No, to win but, the series. Yeah, to win the series. That's too high for me. Still, I'd still I I would want I'd want it. I, no, I'd want better odds. Than but that. they're like the they're like the tenth most favored team. I wouldn't take fifty to one odds on any team because it's such a game. There's no. I wouldn't do it. I it just. You wouldn't take fifty to one on the Cubs. No. Or the Astros. I, I would not put down a hundred bucks on any team specifically to win a World Series. I would no. I I would put a hundred bucks down on the Cubs. Okay. I'd put a hundred bucks down on either the Cubs or the Astros if you're giving me fifty to one. All right. <laughs> That's five thousand dollars. I I wouldn't spend it. I I just don't think it's a good. And that's that's coming from a from a dude who's had ramen like four times this week. Yeah, I would. De- uh, okay. I would. I would scrimp. So I could. I'd rather bet have the money. I'd rather bet the over under on the record than do the world. Series. Yeah. Well, I was looking at that, and with the over under, I would go like if you could, if you, if you could do a trifecta. Yeah. Where you'd actually because you're not winning much money on over under. Yeah. Um, but if you could do, if you could bundle them in a trifecta or something, you know, I would I would take the over on the over on the Cubs easily. What is like eighty seven or something? Eighty. I think it's eighty eight. Eighty eight. Okay. Eighty eight or eighty seven. I mean, they're going to win ninety five games. Okay. Like I would. Take, uh, I'd take the over on them. I'd take the over on the Dodgers because no, I yeah, think the I'd over Dodgers under on Giants. Oh yeah, under on Giants easily. Ninety wins. They have the best record. They're projected for the best record. Yeah, they're they're they have the best projected yeah. over under record, yeah. which they're not gonna they're not yeah, gonna win. I don't agree with that. That's insanity. I'm just surprised you guys aren't gonna go see the Alex Rodriguez of movies and Tom Hanks. You think he's the Alex Rodriguez of Tom? I think that's other than the uh, whole wait, steroids who's thing. What? Is who's Tom, the Alex Rodriguez of movies now? Tom Hanks. I thought we agreed that it was Derek Jeter. No, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's fair because. Derek Jeter was never that good. Are you sure about that? Derek Jeter was. I bet. I guarantee. I have not looked it up, but I'm going to say right now before. I, I bet he it, has at least one seven and a half win season. I bet he has three. All right, let's see. He has one. In, Are we going fan graphs? Fan graphs. 
So when he was 25, he had a 7.4 win season. But he's kind of hovered around 4 and 5. But that's good. But A-Rod had like 10 win seasons and 9 win seasons. And I think Tom Hanks... Didn't A-Rod have an 11 win season? Uh, let's see. Let's say, I'm not... I'm not sure that I would say that Tom Hanks has had more than like one ish seven and a half win season. Are you, what about like mid nineties Tom Hanks with what Philadelphia? Let me Philadelphia is like the one movie that I would be like that is a performance like that is fantastic. I think you're just I think you're just hating because you ain't him. I think you well in Road to Perdition. Oh, that's right. Road to Perdition would be. The I don't. I, I, I don't see how Road to Perdition Damn. is just the go-to role for him. He was good, but I don't know. I just, oh, I think he's better in that than any. I mean, what? Yeah, huh. yeah. Forrest Gump, Road to Perdition, and uh, Philadelphia are both. Uh, so yeah, he's got at least two nine-win seasons. So all right. So from you've got. I loved him in League of, League of Their Own, Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, Apollo Thirteen. That thing yeah. you do, Saving Private Ryan, no way. That's a that's a six win stretch a season. That's an average of six yeah. wins a season. There, uh, I'm not I'm not on the same yeah. page. All right, you've got mail. I think like, there's a lot of. I think there's just a lot of. Can Doc, that's the thing. Doc, like, like Castaway. Castaway is actually really good. He's actually really good in Castaway too. I don't think I've even ever seen all of Castaway. <laughs> this is a Mechas, right? Uh, yeah. Zemeckis or, did Castaway? Yeah. Yeah. What's Zemeckis been up to? Let me see what he's doing. Uh, he did Flight, and he did The Walk. Oh, The Walk. That was horrible, right? The Walk. Flight yeah. was it's, so it's, bad. It, I like Flight. And I didn't mind that that much. Okay. The Walk is terrible. That's all I've heard, is The Walk was really well, bad. Well, I guess it's not terrible. The framing device that they use in The Walk is just awful. When they put Joseph Gordon-Levitt on top of the fucking Statue of Liberty. Oh. And he's narrating the entire movie. Oh, sweet. Like, it's just bad. Cool. Yeah, the the poster for The Walk is... I mean, it, it goes for it. From the director of Forrest Gump and Castaway. It's like, Well, okay. why don't you just re-release Man on Wire? Would have saved everybody a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, that documentary is fantastic. The Hollywood movie is less so. There's a Doc Brown direct-to-video... Where it's called Doc Brown Saves the World by Robert Zemeck. Okay, I'm not even going to get into that. That's probably a DVD feature. Yeah. It says it's a short film. Yeah, I'm sure it's on one of the... It's probably on the 30th or the 25th anniversary of Back to the Future re-release with a trilogy. Yeah, you got it. 30th. Okay. Oh, yeah, he did Beowulf. No, he didn't actually direct Beowulf. He just was in it. Okay. Um, All right. Hey, real quick, let's do some... We're going to make this a daily podcast, or a, a, every podcast thing, a ritual. I'm going to pull up Baseball Annual, Baseball, Perspect- baseball Prospectus's annual uh, from this year, and I'm going to read you a player capsule, and you guys try to guess who the player is. Um, not always a Royals player. I'll do a Royals player for now um, and see if you can guess who it is. So, and I'll, I'll do my best to blank out the name, so forgive me. I'm going to blank out as much obvious information as I can. All right, so first one up. When you think about it, this player would make the worst roommate ever. At best, he works a few hours once a week. Otherwise, he spends his time sitting around, snacking and waiting for his friends to go play catch, as if he were yanked straight from a Judd Apatow film. This player 
isn't much better. He can't hit. His defense isn't so good that he's guaranteed a job for as long as he can squat. That gives it away. Yet, like that annoying roomie, he's managed to stick around well beyond his welcome. Drew Butera. Ward, who do you think it is? Uh, George Kataris. No, it's it's Tony Cruz, um, which is basically Drew Butera. That one was kind of a no, a hard one to win. But yeah, that was Tony Cruz. Okay, so next one we'll try. Um, a solid defender with good range and ability to swipe a bag. This player has decent pop for an infielder and could look like a future big leaguer. Then you see him repeatedly hack away at off-speed junk outside the zone and doubt he can never survive long-term exposure to the big le- to big league pitching when AAA journeymen can torture him. Who do you think this is? Mm. It's a Royals player. It doesn't have to it be, be... It could be a prospect as well. Yeah. AAA journeyman? It says... Triple uh, A journeyman can torture him. I want to say that sounds like Chesley Cuthbert. I mean, initially I was thinking it was Raul Mondesi, but he hasn't faced Triple A journeyman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless he's faced them after they get moved back down to. <laughs> to right. s- yeah. When they so. stop being Triple A journeyman and become single A journeyman. Yeah. They're, and they're talking about his glove? Yeah, talking about this guy's got good range. And pop is it Christian? The pop Cologne? part, the pop part is the one that gets me for Cuthbert. But. Yeah, no, not Cuthbert. Not Cologne. is it Cologne? Not Cologne either. Whit Merrifield. No, it's uh, uh, Orlando Calixte. Calite. Calite. Caxito as his Calite. former name. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was kind of fun. Formerly Orlando Cajito. Yeah, let me see if I can think of one more person that's not obvious. Um, I'll just say this one. We'll see if this works. Maybe they need to be more obvious because we're kind of flailing. Over. Well, I'm, and I'm leaving out information that would really kind of help um, because it said he's short. The the Orlando one said he's a shortstop, and I'm like, okay, that gives it away. Yeah. Um, so we'll try this guy. So you should have known better than to tell your brother-in-law you weren't surprised by this player's struggles last year because he's outpitched his peripherals in 2014. Of course, he was going to Christian shoot Benford. you. Uh, no, uh, of course he was going to shoot you that propeller head look and spray you with the hose, something you could have avoided by instead saying he gives up a lot of fly balls that were due to, due to start turning into more home runs, or that he walks too many and strikes out too few to be an ace. So at this year's family picnic, remember to tell this player he'll be just fine at the end of the rotation, and it'll be more valuable there than in long relief. Mm. Just don't say third pitch. Oh, Duffy. Yep, yeah. It says don't say third pitch, leverage, or BABIP, or home runs per fly ball, and you, or you'll get the hose again. So, yeah, Duffy would be that one. Okay, that was a good one. What gave it away? Uh, it was the the regression, all, all the regression talk. Yeah. And I, I, it took me a second to think of 2014. But Yeah, okay. Like to contextualize everything in relation to 2014, but then it seemed it seemed to make sense. All right, well done, good old Danny Duff. Yeah, that's old Danny. Um, I'll, I'll do one more, and it'll be a non-Royals player, and then we can call it a night. Uh, this is one that actually they did on the Effectively Wild podcast. So if you listen to that, then it's blown. But uh, so baseball isn't supposed to be this easy. This player has gone from a breakout prospect in Greenville to a first division starter in two years 
and he appears to be on the cusp of something altogether more. The then 22-year-old almost joined the 2020 club in his first full campaign showing off more power than most thought he possessed. He displayed the skills needed to be a plus-plus defender and center despite very little outfield experience. He's got one of the, he also had one of the better second halves, demonstrating that he knows how to adjust, and he did all this with the quiet confidence and selective aggressiveness that defines many of the game's best young players. Rather than go a few months without dominating a sphere-hurling sport, this player spends the offseason participating in PBA's World Series of Bowling, proving that he's always hunting quality strikes. <laughs> Who is this player? I actually got this one because I... I it, it it hit off me because I knew the bowling fact, but so think about a young, near all star, breakout prospect that has very little time in the outfield yet is very good in center field. Uh, Mookie Betts. Mm. Perfect. Because I I was I right? Yep, Mookie Betts. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I couldn't remember. I was thinking Greenville was still a Braves. Ah. A Braves farm club, and then yeah. I'm like, what? Who the fuck? What Brave could this be? Yeah, I probably should have let that Greenville, but yeah, Mookie Betts, he bowls a lot. I think he was on his college bowl, or yes, because he was in JUCO, his junior college bowling team. Uh, just a little tidbit, so. All right, guys. Well, shoot. That's like two hours. Um, more than two hours, <laughs> I think. Well, the first like hour is just us waiting for wards, so that, that won't end yeah. up being anything. So I think, so. yeah, but I might leave that in. I wasn't really recording then. I'm just kidding. You don't want to, we, Nobody wants to hear us talk about uh, Los Angeles geography. Yeah, yeah, and about about uh, about like, where Dugan about has lived. Yeah, Kitch ice cream where I've lived, and yeah. and uh, yeah, PA work. Yeah, <laughs> like how much do gaffers make? Yeah, <laughs> no one cares talk about that. that. Okay, I well, care. Good podcast, guys. Um, what do you guys think, Josh? Either Josh's. What do you guys anything else to talk about? Any kind of uh, last hits? Eh. Yeah. No, I, th- I think we're spring covered. training starts in like six days. Yeah. 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 We so. might. And listeners, this podcast might actually there might be a podcast before this podcast if we do a baseball related one because um, this one will run the week of the Oscars and we're still about two weeks away from that or about a week or so at least. So um, we'll see. But all right, guys. Josh, uh, thanks for joining both you, Josh, is there. Um, this is our, uh, you know, effectively our first pop culture podcast, so that can kind of count. Um, <laughs> if Max will let us continue with this, we'll see. It's an experiment. Hopefully it went well. Listeners, hopefully you stuck with us. I, I can't imagine you did, um, but if you did, thanks. Fellas, thanks for joining me. Anything? Yep. Okay. Yep. Vaya con Dios. Vaya con Dios. All right. Uh, have many, many good nights. Thanks. Later.